Checking out another episode here on Reforge Gaming. Hanging out with 30 and still gaming. Be sure to check out his link below in the description. 30NSG. We're talking about Game Pass. And were we wrong about Game Pass? I've got an article. I've got somebody saying they think they found Microsoft's secret weapon for live service. And you guys know how much I love live service. We know that Sony has plans for live service. And so we're going to be talking about what this means for Game Pass. If Microsoft starts trying to make a bunch of live service games, how's that going to work with a Game Pass funnel and a Game Pass subscription positioning? I'm going to end the previous stream that was about the Sony response to the CMA. Sony's calling the CMA irrational, and uh, that was a spicy one. Make sure and watch that. It was like a 37-minute opening monologue because there was so much to come over and read through. Make sure you guys smash like as you get over here. So, Mike, I got to set the stage here. A little bit different than sometimes when we do shows like this. Game Rant throws out this article four days ago, and it says the next ZeniMax Online Studios game could be Xbox's secret weapon. And they say that the leading MMO genre with titles like Elder Scrolls Online, ZeniMax Online, the next game could give Xbox the upper hand this generation. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. What if Microsoft starts leveraging ZeniMax Online and their expertise to help them build live service games the same way that Sony plans to use Bungie for live service games, wanting to essentially enter the live service game market and get things up and running. They want to have like 12 live service games by the end of 2026. But then as I was talking about it with Creature and we were thinking about, you know, should we do a show like that? Should we do a show about this? We started thinking about something that I've always said, and I think I may have been wrong. I've always said that Game Pass is a perfect fit for live service games because live service games tend to be monetized. So you would get a bunch of people in the funnel with Game Pass, a ton of people playing your live service game. And if it's a really good game, they'll keep playing and then they'll start spending money. But I was, I was interacting with somebody on Twitter. I came to the realization that that could be completely and utterly wrong. I feel that people would be less likely to spend money in a game that they know they don't own, whether it's DLC or a battle pass or a skin. And so I wanted to talk about, were we wrong? Is Microsoft going to have to figure out a different way to position live service games? Because I do believe live service games are part of the future of gaming. Are they going to have to figure out a different way to position them? Because if they put them on Game Pass, it could be counterproductive, given that their own documentation in the in the battle for Activision, they've admitted that there's been a cannibalistic effect on sales. Activision has admitted that they avoid Game Pass because it's cannibalistic to sales. If that cannibalistic effect reverberates down even into micro-spending, what do they do with live service games if they want to enter this market? Go. I mean, they already have live service games already on Game Pass, right? One of the most popular ones is Sea of Thieves. And Sea of Thieves is a live service game. Uh, Forza Horizon... Uh, or Forza 5, where Forza Horizon 5 is a live service game. And the way they've been doing it with those has been working fantastically for them, right? Because Sea of Thieves is a low entry to get in, okay? And people that play that, you constantly take a long time to get across the sea and, and do excursions and do all that stuff. And then uh, if you like it, you you buy the 
the plunder pass, whatever it's called, right? And then you mm -hmm. buy the cosmetics and you use the gold. And <clears throat> I think people that don't own that game are more likely to go, well, am I going to buy a 60 now? Now $70 game. I've said on my, on my show, on my channel, I was like, th they're making the problem and selling the solution, right? They're raising the price. And then before, people used to buy the average of about three games a year, right? And the price of Game Pass is less than that for hundreds of games for, for 12 months. So you look at Sea of Thieves, you look at Horizon, you look at uh, Halo now with the with the, the multiplayer Forge mode and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And would you be more willing to spend $70 to see if you like the game? Or would you pay $10 to go on Game Pass, try to find like the game? Then you could maybe buy it if you really wanted to. I don't know why you would, but you could purchase it for a cheaper price uh, because you have Game Pass. Or you play the game for free or a low entry fee and then you're like you know what i didn't pay 70 dollars for this so uh i'm gonna buy some cosmetics i'm gonna buy a plunder pass i'm gonna buy a, a the season pass i'm gonna buy all these things and little by little they make up that money for that game and the way the spending habits of most humans on the planet are you have a credit card it's there this is why vegas makes it into chips this is why you know they when you don't see your money, it's mm -hmm. virtual, and you're just like, ah, oh, it's just five dollars here, it's just ten dollars there. It's just so they nickel and dime you, per se. But at the same time, they're still making technically more money because the entry fee of buying a seventy dollar game or getting in for a low entry fee and then spending sixty seventy dollars for that one game over the year is is like a trick, right? Because they're keeping you getting the ten dollars a month or fifteen dollars a month, and on top of that, you might purchase a game. Mm -hmm. On top of that, you might get a cosmetic. You might get a DLC. You might get a battle pass. So I think they've already established the live service mentality of what Game Pass was, is going to be. Well, and I think we have a good example in Halo about how Microsoft might not want to put the live service game on Game Pass because a lot of the live service games, in order to get people in that funnel, you kind of want the door wide open. So what they did with Halo was really interesting because Halo infinite lands and it is a benefit to have game pass because the campaign was on game pass but the multiplayer was free to play right and i'm just curious long term is that antithetical to game pass's value if microsoft is regularly churning out free to play live service games does that have a devaluation effect on game pass it's like well what do i need game pass for microsoft keeps throwing out these great live service games and they're free to play because i think you're right i think even the research points to if your game is free people spend more money in it they did it they did a research project on a mobile game and they compared it to when it was totally free and when it was 99 cents and when right. it was 99 cents it drove microtransactions down and when it was free they went blasting up just right. 99 cents was enough to change the mindset of the player so do you think halo is a test case they looked at it and said you know what let's figure this out because if we're going to do live service if we're going to do ongoing monetization putting it on game pass we might not get anybody to buy because they quote they quote unquote don't own the game so why would they invest in spending money in it Right, but if you want, <clears throat> what's genius about Halo, and I know people are like, but th those two words don't go together, but uh, Halo Infinite is on Game Pass. You can purchase it at full price, $70, right? So he here's the, the slide. They go, oh, Halo's, ha Halo Infinite is $70. I'm not paying $70 for, for the campaign, but I'll try it out for $10 on Game Pass. Oh, and Halo Forge and Halo Multiplayer is free. So 
great. Let's say you don't want anything to do with the campaign. So you're not spending the 70, you're not spending the 10 for Game Pass, but you can come into the into the Microsoft ecosystem and and spend money with the Battle Pass because it's free to play multiplayer. So I think they're okay with giving free games away because you still may purchase a, a thing. But if you like multiplayer, you're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to test out and try Halo. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the, the campaign. Well, you have to either get Game Pass then or you're going to buy it full price, right? So they, they got you coming and going, and they have multiple avenues of income coming in, right? So they don't need everyone to go to the one one-stop shop. They they have three avenues, right? You can either purchase the game, right? You can go buy it physically. You can go buy it digitally. You can go play it on Game Pass. You can go play it on your PC Game Pass, mm-hmm. or you can just not buy any of those or and just play it for free uh, for the multiplayer and then try a Battle Pass, right? You're like, oh man, I'm having a lot of fun with this. I didn't pay anything for it. So yeah, let me buy, let me buy a season pass. Let me buy a microtransaction here and there. Well, and the player expectation right now might reject the idea that I need to be on Game Pass to play a live service game. They might look at, you know, Call of Duty and Fortnite and say, what are you doing? I, I, I need to be on Game Pass to play your live service game. But maybe that's the ticket is kind of what you were saying. Let's say they launch a live service game. It's multiplayer. It's awesome. People are having a good time and it's free to play. And then they have their battle pass and they have their currency and Game Pass users get a discount. Game Pass right. users can spend money in the micro store and get the Battle Pass at a discount because something that I've been arguing for is a really great way for Microsoft to foster an ecosystem of purchase is to use Game Pass as the catalyst. You basically say, you get a benefit in this storefront. You get a benefit in this Battle Pass if you are a Game Pass holder. So now you're weaving the live service free-to-play funnel and the Game Pass funnel together. Because I, right. I truly don't think, I don't think you can put a live service game on Game Pass. I think it would fundamentally break player expectation. They would say, number one, I'm used to these being free. And number two, if it's on Game Pass, I don't own it. So I'm not going to invest money in this. I'm not going to buy well, your DLCs and your expansions because I don't own the game. Well, there's a lot of people doing that right now with, um, and I know someone asked, I think it was Creature or someone else asked before that, you know, that's great for the, my examples I was giving for Sea of Thieves and stuff. For the, for, I was talking about first party of Microsoft games. Third party is completely different, but ZeniMax makes Elder Scrolls Online. That's an MMO and that's a live service game. And if you pay, basically you're paying the 10 bucks a month. If you're just playing ESO, right, you're paying 10 bucks a month to play it on game pass and people are buying it left and right for the dlcs that come out you know for for that and, and the microtransactions on top of that right so they either purchase the game because i don't and correct me if i'm wrong check because i haven't played in a while i know there used to be a monthly subscription for eso and then they took it away but i think you can pay one to get extra storage and different benefits and different perks in elder scrolls online if i'm not it's still around, and according to the people who play ESO, it is well worth it. Like, if you're going to play ESO on a right, regular the extra, basis, the crafting yeah. bag is practically necessary. Right. But what they do is is they bake the subscription with so much value, so many crowns right. and stuff, that you're. it's just such a deal. Like, they, that, that community willingly, like, just gives the money to it. They don't care. It's not required. It kind of is required, but it's not required. So it's, right. a br- so it's a brilliant MMO subscription service that they just slowly boil on that frog. Right. So if you're if you're just playing ESO, you you, you buy ESO for whatever price it is now, 60, 70. Uh, and then you're you're paying the extra fifteen dollars a month on top of that once you earn it to get the extra storage or not. Or 
you don't buy ESO, you play it on Game Pass because you're paying $10 a month. Now you're paying, if you're only playing ESO, you're paying $10. And then you're paying $15 on top of that for the extra storage, right? So that now they're getting you $25 a month just for that one game per, per se. And obviously, if they wanted to play other games on Game Pass, they could. So I don't know. I think Microsoft is is right now conditioning a, the, the player base and everything of this sort of a la carte type of thing as they add more games of you know you can play it for free you can pay it on game pass you can buy the season pass you can buy the battle pass you can get the dlc you don't have to get the dlc so there's there's lots of different ways they have you going they're not they're just not focused on that one game pass you know uh, mentality Right, because they admitted to the regulators in the one document, I think it was to Brazil, where they were talking about how, you know, Game Pass is only going to make up 15% of their annual gaming revenue, and that's when I started looking at, okay, well, if they've got a multifaceted approach here, and if they start looking at, if they start looking at Sony's announced their plans for live service, they've said, listen, by the end of 2026, we're going to have 12 live service games. I, I said recently in my Sony PlayStation Showcase you know, prediction stream, we're going to have to hear about two or three of these this summer because that you're, you're going to run out of time, Sony. Like, when, when are we going to start getting some of these? And I just, do you think Microsoft looks at that and says... We need to compete because they got Bungie. Bungie, you know, they're the live service gurus. They've got one of the more long-standing live service games, one of the more successful live service games in the industry. And if they start leaning on Zenimax, do you think that that's a competitive field in their mind? Because very many people are anti-live service, which is what put me down this path of like, we were wrong about Game Pass. I don't think live service games are a good fit for Game Pass. Do you think that Microsoft's setting their sights on that? Do they want to have a robust live service offering in this to the same degree that Sony is, you know, Sony's, Sony's trying to have double digit live service games? I, I don't think so. I don't think uh, I don't think Microsoft just like Microsoft's not dipping their toe in the VR. I don't think they're 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 dipping their toe into the just the live service like to compete with live service. I think they're as of stands right now, right? Starfield is not a live service game. It's a really long single player game that you can go and spend as much time as you want go to a thousand planets as, as that we know of so that's not a live service game you know what i mean um we talked about hogwarts legacy in the past that's a third party game obviously um it's not on game pass or anything but that's not a live service game so there are these there are these uh games out there that maybe we want them to be live service but they're not live service so i think there's always going to be that place and i don't think microsoft especially bethesda or Zenimax, I don't think they're going to take all their games all of a sudden and then start to make them all live service. I think they're doing the the wide range, right? So mm-hmm. you got you do have the Redfall, right, which is going to be a live service type of game, right? Then you you do have the Starfield, which is that long player single player game. Then you do have your MMOs that they have out there that you can either purchase or play on Game Pass, right? So I think they again they're just trying to cover as many bases as possible because Phil has said this for four or five years we want more gamers to play more games in more places how they want to play right so he's not trying to take whatever words you want and skew them the way you want but he's saying exactly what it is he's like we don't want to like pigeonhole somebody we want as many people to come and play our games on this system if it's on the cloud if it's in the streaming if it's on this he wants as many people to come across the board well, and if, you, if you're looking at the conversation surrounding Diablo 4, there's a lot of people that are looking at Diablo 4 and saying, 
well, as soon as this deal goes through, we're getting Diablo 4 on Game Pass, right? And my question would be, because Phil Spencer said this long time ago, like that they would that they would be putting Diablo on Game Pass. Now I don't know if mm-hmm. they, you know, they just mean Diablo in general. Like, right. yeah, we'll throw Diablo three on there. But in light of everything we've said, and the ongoing seasonal model for Diablo, and the battle pass, and the microtransactions, do you think they'll do that? Because I, I guarantee you, there are people that are like, I'm not going to buy Diablo. I'm going to wait. Oh. Because oh, I'm going to wait sure. for this deal to go through, and then I'm going to get it on Game Pass. Yeah, I, for sure. I, I, I've even said it on my stream. I'm like, I'm like, watch. As soon as this deal goes through, the, uh, obviously it'll be after June, right? After the game comes out, when everyone pre-orders, gets it early access uh, for four days, and they play it for like two months, and then all of a sudden the deal goes through, and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, by the way, uh, Diablo Four's on Game Pass by Christmas, and you're like, what? Why didn't I? So I, I think 100, it's going to go on Game Pass at some point. I, I can't see it not going to Game Pass. And I know look, people are like, there's no way it's coming to Game Pass. It's it's coming to Game Pass. Every Everything that they own, they're not going to pay $70 billion not to put it on Game Pass, right? Because you're like, well, that's sales they might lose for people. Again, the very first question was, you know, are people going to buy games and DLCs and stuff for things they don't own? Yes, it, it, they do it right now, right? I've done it. With the Minecraft Dungeons, right? That's a smaller game. I, I I didn't own the the main game, and yet I've purchased every single DLC that's come out for it, right? Because you can't play it any other way. So, yeah, I think if Diablo's on Game Pass, yeah, you get you get the main game of Diablo, which would give you what 20, 30 hours of just the single player gameplay, and then the tons and tons of hours on top of that for the end game and then all of a sudden now they're going to have dlcs down the road which they've already said so 100 i feel like diablo 4 hits that hits that mark hits that exact um example of what they're looking for to put on game pass a game that you're constantly playing staying involved inside the game there's microtransactions as far as cosmetics go inside that game and then there's dlc that you can sell on top so if you're if someone's coming in and they're like, I don't know if I like Diablo. I don't know if I want to spend seventy dollars. They're like, Well, it's on Game Pass. You could try it out for for ten bucks or whatever it is for one month and see if you like it. And you're like, Oh, okay. Oh, they have new DLC coming out. And like you said, they can give a discount. You're on Game Pass. You get twenty percent off for the for the DLC, perhaps. You know, they could drive so many different different uh, deals if you're a member of something, right? It's like the exclusive club type of thing. So I don't know. I think they one hundred percent could do it. As a consumer. Where where do you land on that then? So Diablo hits Game Pass. Let's say you hold off and you wait, and you play Diablo Four on Game Pass. It, it doesn't cost you anything. It, it, you're you're paying for Game Pass, obviously. Right, I'm already I already have Game Pass, right? Yep. Right. You so you already have Game Pass. So no extra monthly outgo for you. You just jump in and play. And a year later, they have an expansion. Forty bucks, thirty bucks, yep. somewhere in there, new class. Is there any mental barrier for you at all, knowing that you don't really own the game? It, it, it is a first-party title, so there's less fear of it leaving Game Pass. Is there any mental block at all that you're going to be buying an expansion for a game that you don't own? That's literally every game on the market right now. If you buy a physical copy, a digital copy, it doesn't matter. You don't own the game. So for me, answering the question for myself, uh, no, there's no mental block. I know already that no matter what game you own, physical disc digital whatever you don't own that game right now so buying dlc for 40 dollars, i already bought a 70 dollar game that i don't own so mm-hmm. what's adding 40 more dollars if 
if you're enjoying the game and you truly enjoy the game, then buy the game, buy the DLC. If if you don't like it and you're like, you know what? I didn't pay $70. I, I played 200 hours of Diablo 4. I'm just not enjoying it enough to pay another $40 for... <laughs> I, 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 I don't see... I don't... I'm not like that. You know what I mean? Like, if I enjoy a game, I'm going to I'm gonna purchase the game. So, Well, I do think we need to be clear, though. You do own a license to play the game. Sure. Game Pass, Game Pass, you do not have a license. You literally have a subscription that can be altered at any time. They can't... Now, obviously, what you're saying we know what you're saying is analogous because it's like well yeah at any point in time the servers could go down and they could yeah. say we're we're done at any yep. point in time battleborn. Could, yeah yeah battleborn at any point in time they could say yep this game's done it's eol all your characters are gone and you're like oh man i don't i don't really quote unquote own a game you don't really own any game that requires servers because Correct. at any point in time in the distant future that that game is gone it's, it's well Diablo is always online, right? So if it's always an online game, you don't own it regardless. So once those servers go down, you're you're at the beck and call of them going, oh, all right, well, there goes that. I don't I don't own anything. I mean, that's happening right now um, with uh, Marvel's Avengers, right? The, right now, they close the servers down. You can still play the game, but they're not supporting it anymore, right? So you have it up until, who knows, maybe two more years. And then two more years, they go, yeah, we're done supporting this game. And all the cosmetics that they now just gave out are gone. Everything that someone actually paid money for is gone. You don't you don't own any of that. Well, and 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 Eugene is saying the idea of needing to maintain a subscription, you know, to play paid for DLC is repulsive to me cuz some people are going to look at it that way. I don't think the average consumer is as educated as you about the fact that like they don't really oh, own their right. games or it's all a license, right? So as a matter of perception, I actually think a lot of consumers would think I don't actually own this game, and because I don't actually own this game, I'm 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 not going to invest in in content for it. I'm not going to buy expansions or right. or skins because it's not mine. Right. Well, like I said, I I purchased Minecraft. I didn't purchase Minecraft Dungeons the main game, but I liked the game so much with my with my son that it, we purchased all the, the expansions. Right. Right now, if I decide that I want to purchase the main game. And then four years from now, they're like, we're taking it down. I, I lose all that, regardless if I've paid the $40 for that main game uh, or, or not. So I understand there's people out there that are like, it, it's repulsive. And I totally get it. And if you choose how you want to spend your money, in, in this day and age, all games are digital now. You could go to Target right now. We talked about that, I think, a little bit about this last week. Go to Target, go to Walmart, go to wherever you buy video games, and look at the empty spaces of video games. There's less and less physical copies of games in stores, right? It's only going to be digital. There's more digital cards sold for those games now than the actual physical copies of the games, right? There's just blank spaces everywhere. That's just what's what's going to happen. Am I okay with it? No, but what am I? How, how do we stop it? Like, how do you stop mm. the boulder rolling down the hill uh, where everything is going digital? Am I am I supposed to boycott everybody that makes a digital game? Then I can't play any game on Steam, right? Because you own no games on Steam. Okay, if that if they decide to shut down Steam and Steam closes down and all those games on Steam, you're done. You you lose all those games, right? But because Steam has been around for a decade and more, you're like, yeah, no, it's all the games there, I own. I own all those games. Those are my games. I can put them on a different hard drive and, and whatever and keep playing them. Sure. Right? But there's games that are playing online that you're going to lose. You're going to lose the games that you're, you're playing, especially if it's an online co-op 
always, you know, uh, always needs to be online. You don't own any of that. And if you don't want to pay for that, then don't buy it. Don't play those games. Gilly says, how many people are iffy on a game and wouldn't play a pay full price, but they'll play it on Game Pass and would never have bought the DLC because they would have never bought the full price game. This comes back to one of my suggestions on how to foster purchase is you would allow people on Game Pass to be able to buy the game at a discount, get early access, give them a discount on the DLC, give them a discount on the game on on, on the the battle pass, right? I I think I think there's a risk in just saying, yeah, come and play this, come and play Diablo Four on Game Pass, and then a year later expecting those people to buy an expansion. I really do. I really think that we're going to, and this is why I'm really interested in the FTC's motion to compel because they want to see the relationship between the subscription service and buy to play gamers and, and how the, the two are affecting each other. I, I, I really want to see that documentation because I find that to just be very interesting that if Microsoft fosters this ecosystem and if Diablo four is a first party game, are they not going to have consumers saying, why do I have to pay for this expansion? Why? You own Diablo. I'm a right. Game Pass subscriber. Because the guy just asked in chat, he's like, well, if Sony cares about their consumers and their and their players, why don't they put all their first-party games on PlayStation Plus? Like, listen to the entitlement. It's like, well, right. If, right. if I'm a Game Pass subscriber and you own Diablo, why do I have to buy this expansion? Yeah, well, I, I was talking a little bit about this the other day. Like, I think the the culture has completely changed for the for the clientele. We we come from, and when I say we, I, I mean me and Lona are about the same age. I think I'm about three four years older, but um, we come from like Mario days and Atari days, right? So the games were so like simplistic and easy, and like you played it and you owned it. You had the cartridge, you put it in. You had the disc, you put it in. And we grew up seeing the games become better graphically better gameplay wise uh just everything about it's gotten better and better where your your kids my son they come out and they have the game that has the best graphics the best gameplay right from start day one right (laughs) and then their next game so let's say it's a sequel let's say they played um um let's say diablo 3 right Mm -hmm, diablo 3 mm -hmm. that was their first game they're like oh man this is amazing and then all of a sudden diablo 4 comes out and they're like it doesn't meet their criteria. I guess it's a bad example. Let's say Jedi Fallen Order 1 and 2. Okay, so Survivor and Fallen Order. Fallen, mm-hmm. Right, so graphically, Fallen Order, you're like, man, this is amazing, right? So that's the first game they've ever played. My first game I've ever played was bowling on the Atari 2600, okay? <laughs> so now if I buy a bowling game now, you're gonna it's like night and day. But they have the graphics, the gameplay, everything is just immaculate. Sound design, everything. And then the, the sequel comes out. Yep. And it, it barely turns the dial. And they're like, eh, it's all right. I mean, the first one was great, but the second one it just didn't do enough for me because now they're now their their brains and everything are 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 pushing the envelope. They want they want better. Well, you're not going to get better. Everything now is going to get incrementally smaller for graphically and stuff like that for them. But they want more. They feel entitled that because they got such a good game here, they want a more a, a fantastic game, even better than the, than the first one. Where we are used to incrementally getting better and better, and then now. 30 40 years later you look at it and go holy christ it's come a long way but for them in the last mm-hmm. 10 years graphically it hasn't it hasn't really moved i mean look at battlefield right. battlefield one that came out in what 2015 and then you look at battlefield that came out in 2017 and if the next battlefield comes out it was photorealism like how are you going to get better than photorealism better better photorealism like you know what i mean so i i think the customers now they they feel more entitled because 
they're shoving so much into games for their time and respecting the player's time that when they cut that short, they're just like, well, the last game I had 2,000 hours. If I don't get 3,000 hours out of this game, this game sucks. You know what I mean? So I think that's the mentality of the the entitlement of, of, of a lot of gamers. If that makes I, sense, you know, you know what I mean? It totally makes sense. We discussed this just this week. This is so relevant. I'm going to try to connect a lot of dots here because we talked about Diablo 4 Endgame this week. Everybody's hating on it, and uh, and Diablo 4 could end up on Game Pass one day. So I'm going to try and draw this all together, right? So this week, I covered Diablo 4 Endgame, and I'm like, okay, not a lot of new information, but let's kind of do a recap. I wake up the next morning, and everybody's hating on it. It's getting yeah. downvoted as a video. Twitter's on fire. The Reddit's on fire. Their comment section's on fire. I'm like, what is going on? Like, I liked it. <laughs> I, I did too. I was like, this is everything they told us six months ago. This is We, we knew about all of this. What's going on? And this was my diagnosis because I've been doing this long enough that I feel like I can almost like a doctor be like, well, here's all the symptoms. This is what I think's going on. Right, right. It's basically a form of gamer fatigue because you can only do so much in a game like Diablo, right? And I call it the metamorphosis principle. The fact that the first time you played a shooter or a dungeon crawler, it was something new and fresh. And then there were these big leaps in graphical fidelity and game length, right? You go from the original Legend of Zelda to Breath of the Wild, it's the difference between playing on the playground and climbing Mount Everest. There's just no comparison in scope and size. And that's not happening anymore. The difference between the last game and the new game, the differences are not as remarkable. It's, It's, you're not having your eyeballs tickled with amazing new graphics. Your hair's not getting blown off your head, right? I have a little bit more than you, but your hair's not getting blown off your head. <laughs> and and so you judge the game against that sort of undercurrent of expectation of like, I right. really expected this game to push the envelope, as you said. Yeah. Now, let me connect it to Game Pass. Microsoft's buying, attempting to buy, really big property. Property that's historically very lucrative because people buy a ton. They had to come out and say, Diablo 4 is not going to be on Game Pass. Activision's on record saying, we avoid Game Pass. It's cannibalistic to sales. They're trying to sell these games. If you combine everything we've just said about it's going to be difficult to really wow people with future Call of Duty, future expansions and seasons in Diablo, and it's on Game Pass. Yep. And if we look at Game Pass, the effect that it had on, as an example, let's look at Woe Long Achievements. The first boss was beat by like 80-something percent of the people who got the game on PlayStation. It was like 30-something percent on Xbox. Why? Well, they're trying the game out, and that's a great value to the consumer, right? Yeah, try the game out. The concern I would have is if I'm Microsoft, and you're turning all these very familiar live service games into buffet-style games, they're on Game Pass, you can try them. And it's really easy for people to say, well, I didn't spend any money, I got no skin in the game, it's really easy for them to throw the game over their shoulder. That's going to have an effect on your monetization. It's going to ha- have an effect on your return users. It's going to have an effect on the profitability of these very, very large titles. 
which funny enough everybody's been giving Sony grief for relying so much on third party you know revenue from Call of Duty that would make Microsoft rely pretty heavily on selling the games elsewhere because their own ecosystem could have a negative effect on the profitability of some of these properties what do you think sure but at the same time i i i i think they're okay losing the money to try to get this is why they get the big try to get the big title names onto game pass right like those driving forces they they want that 100 million uh members right they want that 200 million member bark if they can make if they can make three billion dollars a month you know for 12 months that's that's a whole lot of change that they wouldn't make that money if they sold every game at full price because the full price is that still that 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 factor of well now they're 70 dollars and sure you might sell a game at 70 dollars at uh let's say the average game sells two to three million copies okay and that 70 times three so it's 210 million dollars right uh just rough math real quick right 210 million dollars for that for, for that well if they put it out on game pass and now there's 30 million 100 million people that could try it okay well you're still going to get that 20 percent that buys the game because they want to buy the game and now you've put it out to everybody else that can potentially spend ten dollars a month on game pass and then get that dlc or get that microtransaction and get that extra so they're, they're putting it out there for more people so i don't know if they're going to eat into their own thing because i think the thing that they want is get onto game pass right that's that's what they want so eating into their uh and and making it uh where they're they're losing i don't think they're actually losing money per se in the in the short term yes but in the long term, they're going to be making more money because that's that's where they're going, right? That's why they, for years, they gave a dollar. They, they gave that one dollar to, to try right. Game Pass. Right. right. They're okay for the loss for the bigger gain in the end because wh- what the problem with Game Pass is um, is that they're conditioning everybody for that value. And what I was just talking about the example about kids now that they had that value up front. They're going to feel so bad if they spend $70 on a game and they broke buggy glitchy right and and what you said was there's no they just kind of throw it over their shoulder if you only spend ten dollars on game pass and all these games come in if it's broke buggy or you're like i didn't spend that much money so you kind of just throw it over your shoulder but they don't care they still have you they still have you because there's other hundred games out there or whatever with that microtransaction you're 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 uh you're spending it on i i, I think the i think the problem is a lot of people now if you buy something you earned it you went to work you got the mm-hmm. money, you pay mm-hmm. for something, you appreciate that more, right? When you buy something, right? And when you give your son something or give your daughter something, it's different than, I don't know if you give them an allowance or anything yet, right? Not if, yet. But, okay. But if you if you give them to way to earn that toy or something, mm-hmm. they treasure that toy more than mm-hmm. if someone just gave them a toy for their birthday or whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. Because they have so many toys now that... The toys are not special, but the one toy that they spend their money on or they got because they earned it, they 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 treasure that toy a little bit more. Maybe that car is not as broke as the other ones because they they earned that and they have some value. So that's the problem with Game Pass in my eyes. In my eyes, you're just kind of just throwing $10 at it and you're like, eh, I don't really care if I enjoy it. I enjoyed it. Cool. But the game that you spend $70 on, you want as much time in that game as possible and you want that game to exceed your expectations because you spent your hard-earned money on that game 
Does that make sense as well? Yeah, you always feel this gnawing sense of, I didn't get my money's worth. Like, I should go back and finish that game. People always say this about having a backlog, right? Steam sales, and they they have this big backlog, and they feel this sense of almost like self-inflicted injustice. Like, I'm I'm not, I I spent all that money, and I'm not playing those games. That's, I think, one of the questions that I want to see play out. Because I've continued to say, I think we're going to see big changes from Game Pass. I think they're going to you know, announce some of these changes in June. Because the future of gaming is very much about attention economy. You've got to keep people coming back and logging back in. That's I feel like Halo Infinite overswung on this, right? We need to make people come back in. We need to make people sort of log in every day they set up the challenges to promote sort of this false inflated daily login thing and i know that the other game was doing that too where you you could log in and get those daily bonuses uh splitgate was doing that Mm -hmm. and i i think that's extremely important and the real question that i would have is how do you bridge the gap between Game Pass has so much value, I get to try so many games and bridge that gap into this is a game I'm playing regularly, this is a game I played to completion, I really like XYZ game, because that's why I was thinking of, that. that's the first thing I thought of with live service, it's like Sony wants to get into the live service market because they're looking at Bungie and saying, man you guys make a lot of money on a game that you set up and you add minimal content to and y'all are generating some money. You guys oh, are yeah. generating enough money to go independent and not just go independent, but y'all are expanding. So what are y'all doing over there, right? So if I'm Microsoft, that's what I'm trying to come up with is innovative ways to bridge the gap between Game Pass gamers and committed gamers who are coming back in and logging in every day, and that's where I see a giant disconnect between Game Pass and live service games, because traditionally I thought, that's a happy marriage, like if Microsoft can get their hands on these live service games, maybe you can throw them on Game Pass, that's going to be great for them. I think I was wrong, I don't think so. I think they have to come up with more creative ways to bridge that gap. How, how, would, they, how would they bridge that gap, though, for the, for the live service games? Like, again, Sea of Thieves is a live service game, Forza Horizon 5 is a live service game, and, they, and they're working fine, right? And people either paid full price for those, or they're paying the Game Pass fee and then buying the season passes, extra cars, what, whatever, the cosmetic stuff. So what other ways would they kind of bridge that gap for the live service? I think we would want to see the reports, though, because how do we... What what kind of revenue are they getting on Sea of Thieves? Know. Like, yeah, Sea of Thieves isn't even a top 25 played Xbox game. So it's like, I, I've got to question the size of the whales and the number of whales in that game that are supporting it monetarily. Well, you also have to know what the player base is. And all, we do know a number of 20% makes 80%, right? 20% of the population makes 80% of the profit. So what that, we would need to know their numbers, like you said. But in general, though, what what would they have to do to change the live service mentality, right? Because... I think they're they're showing that the live service works right now on Game Pass, is what I'm saying. I don't know if they are, though. Because I, I, we don't have any information. All we know is Sea of Thieves, and we don't know how, how successful Sea no. of Thieves has been. We don't even know if... Has Rare been able to expand and grow because of well, how successful they, it's been? They constantly keep giving us content for it, right? So you would assume that either either they're losing money, and they're just kept throwing more money into it, right? And they're just losing it, but they're, they're still expanding? Or... Mm-hmm. 
they're making money and they're still and then they're putting money back into it to expand right so uh, obviously we don't know those answers because we're not on the board or anything like that but um i would assume they're making money even if it's somebody comes in is, is hooked on it for that one month and they 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 dive into it and buy that one plunder pass for the season or whatever and then never come back and play it again they're they're making money just like you said like destiny was making a ton of money right mm -hmm. ton of money on that the the eververse so much so they told you that if if we made this content which is is bull we made this content because of the eververse store right you made they made money off the, the very first game they sold to to make the money but anyway the eververse store is bringing tons of cash in so much so they could make a two hundred and eighty thousand square foot uh you know uh expansion to their their studio that no one's in you know, do you know what I mean? But if what you're saying is true, then they would have sold a Pirate's Life. Sea of Thieves, a Pirate's Life was free. It was just included in the game. They didn't charge any money for that. That's They're paying royalties to Disney for that. And they just gave it to people for free. If the consumer base is willing to spend money on a live service game, if they're willing to spend money on expansions, Sea of Thieves would have charged money for Pirate's Life, wouldn't they have? Well... Yes and no, but the, the the business model for Sea of Thieves is just cosmetic, right? Is just cosmetic. That's all they're they're doing. They're making the content to keep you in there to enjoy it and go. You know what, man? I I put forty hours in this this month. I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw them ten dollars for this this new uh, uh, Halo pack they put into the game or the the, the ship that costs forty dollars, right? I mean, their ships cost I think twenty thirty dollars for the whole cosmetic pack on that thing uh in forza horizon 5 it's an open world game they constantly throw in and they and they they charge for the dlc they just came out with the the rally dlc uh i think it's like 20 bucks or something like that 15 20 for that and they charge for for cars and skins for for different cars to come in so i think that's the mentality is working there i think the mentality and their business model is working and each game is different right sea of thieves is giving out free content where forza horizon is giving out free content and paid content and and again that's why i'm really interested in seeing the ftc's motion to compel because i want to see the relationship between these two things because if microsoft has concluded internally and there's your five members that i owed you guys if they've if they've concluded internally that when you put a game on game pass it, it has a negative or cannibalistic effect on, on sales or microtransactions within the game. Because even Halo, even Halo Infinite, we were, we were looking at it and they were basically admitting and saying that the store wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. Now, some of that was because the Halo Infinite store was an absolute disaster, right? Like the, the, the 343 guys literally admitted on a stream, this thing's not doing what we want it to do, right? It's not generating, it's not generating money. And if there's a relationship between those two things, but again, Halo's multiplayer wasn't on Game Pass. That one's just such a confusing game the way they launched that. It's hard to use that one as an example. So with only Forza Horizon and with only Sea of Thieves, it's so tough to know because I'm looking at Diablo 4 as the test case. I'm looking at that game and saying, or even a game like a, like Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, it was the number one sold game in America in 2022. We were looking at the reports comparing like the Japanese market and the American market. And Microsoft on their own could chop down a Call of Duty annual sales number simply by putting it on Game Pass. Because yeah. I, I think the divide is like 15 million 
is on PC and 10 millions on console. I forget. They had a document recently or somebody's, there was some screenshot of some guy that, that was basically talking where the 25 million was coming from. The 25 million people on Game Pass. That's an 15, awful lot of people. 15 is from PC and 10 is from X, uh, the consoles. If that's true, that's crazy to me that more people are doing Game Pass on PC. That's 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 bonkers. I would have it expected the other way around. Why, it, why would that make sense? sense? It makes sense because the people that uh, didn't have an Xbox or buy an Xbox, right, now can play Xbox games on their PC. They have a $2,000 rig, $3,000 rig. Why go out and buy a $500 console to, to play Game Pass if they already have a, a, a PC, right? So they, they've tapped into a market that maybe wasn't going to buy their console at all, and now they're playing their games on the PC. Okay, okay. I mean, I could see that. I could. I could see that being a reason for it having, you know, maybe a, a little bit more a little bit of a more popular funnel on PC. But but in 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 my mind, that would be the thing that I would want to see is if you've got 25 million people and then you got these titles like Call of Duty coming out, you know, number one selling game of the year, does that game suddenly drop down a peg on those sales reports? And and what does that communicate to your shareholders what does that communicate to the public if suddenly well yeah you know call of duty's not at the top of the sales charts anymore because you know 25 something million people don't have to buy it and if game pass continues to grow if game pass continues to grow i would imagine then you've got 30 35 million people that are like i don't have to buy call of duty that's a lot of people i'm just really really curious what that looks like to people that are saying What's the profitability of this of this of this plan? What's the profitability of this? Because you're lowering sales of something that annually used to do incredibly well, so incredibly well that the previous owner wouldn't put it on Game Pass. Like Activision is on record as to being like, no, we we avoid Game Pass because it would hurt sales. Do you see in my in my head? I I, I, I see them spending the money and. Sure, they want to make their money back. If the if the scenario can't happen where all of a sudden it wasn't on PlayStation because PlayStation decided you you know we're screwing you over, we don't even want it on our on our system anymore, and they lose that revenue. There's a lot of people that are addicted to that game, right? Mm-hmm, a lot mm-hmm. of people that are addicted to that game, and the people that usually scream the loudest and say, "Well, I'm not going to get an Xbox," or "I'm not," gonna... yeah, they have a PC. They'll they can go play the game on their PC now, right? Through through Game Pass, right? You'll see that number go up. You'll see it go from like 15 to like 30 because the people that have a PlayStation also have a PC and they don't own an Xbox because they don't want to touch it, but they'll they'll go play. They'll go pay that $8, $10, whatever it is to just play on uh, Game Pass on, on PC to go play that game if Call of Duty is now on, on that, right? Because all it takes, right? A lot of people think they have morals and stances but when it push comes to shove and their best friend all of a sudden's like, dude, I'm playing the new Call of Duty. It's it's freaking amazing. Man, I thought you weren't going to get the Call of Duty. I, I just wanted to get it, right? Because you, you can't tell me how to spend my money, right? So they're like, I'm playing it. They're like, all right, I'm going to get it. And they're going to move over. So if they take a hit for, let's say, two years, okay? If they take a hit for two years and then all of a sudden now it starts to creep up the numbers, they're going to make their money somewhere, some way down the road, right? I mean, obviously, this is why they're putting Call of Duty out to other people. This is why they're signing the 10-year deals to other people 
just for a safety net, just in case this does happen. There's mm. other places, but like, how big? We don't know how big the player base is going to be on on Switch. I don't think it's going to be that big on Switch, right? When Call of Duty comes to uh, to the Switch or the next, uh, I shouldn't say Switch to the next Nintendo console type of thing. So it'll it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Sure, they'll take a hit up front. Let's say it comes on Game Pass right away, uh, and and PlayStation doesn't want anything to do with it. I think it'll hurt more of PlayStation in the long run than it would Microsoft because I, I think the people that once they see the new graphics, the new the new scissor scissor reel for the uh, for the trailer for the next Call of Duty, they'll be like, oh my god, dude, that looks so good, right? And and they're they're gonna they're gonna go do it, right? They're gonna go buy it, they're gonna go play it, they're gonna go sign up for the the deal for the month or whatever and say, well, I'm only gonna play it for one month, see how it is, and then all of a sudden they're there for two months, they're there for three months, right? Maybe maybe they don't sell one month. Maybe you have to buy the three month deal. You know what I mean? Like they, there's there's a, could be a couple of ways they keep you in the, in the in the in the cycle just a little bit longer. I tried to edit the shirt command. I'm wearing a shirt. Yeah. On that note, though, I wonder. We we just covered this this morning. Sony saying that the CMA miscalculated the the potential damage of a partial foreclosure on Call of Duty. And that the CMA miscalculated and didn't include the fact that suddenly all these Activision titles would be on Game Pass. I'm just curious if <laughs> this is going to cause a really interesting tension, I would think, for Microsoft. You have 48% of the people who buy Call of Duty, they buy it on PlayStation. Right. 13% of Activision's revenue annually comes from Sony. That's a lot of money. Okay. Yep. So, more than 10% is coming from, from Sony. And that's why it's always funny to me that people are like, well, Sony planned poorly. They shouldn't rely so much on Call of Duty. It's like, what are you talking about? A- Activision literally is making more than 10% of its annual revenue from Sony. Is Activision equally stupid? Or they, or what? maybe, maybe it's a symbiotic relationship where both companies are making tons of money. Maybe. Anyway, if that's the case... And Microsoft has this incentive to get people to not only switch to their platform, but they're going to use Call of Duty on Game Pass to do it. Aren't they actively hurting one of the main revenue streams within the acquisition that they're buying? If you're actively getting less people playing Call of Duty and buying Call of Duty on PlayStation, you're getting them to convert in some number, some measure, right? There's some trickle effect over the next 10 years. Again, I just, I'm so curious about the profitability of that. You're taking one of the most lucrative properties in the gaming ecosystem and you're making it less profitable. Like, what's that going to do to Call of Duty as a franchise and a game? And and what's it going to do to the number of studios working on Call of Duty? I, 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 it's going to make it, like I said, short term, it could look devastating. I mean, the $70 billion dollars, who knows what their plans are maybe they want to make that money back it could be five years right you got to remember it's not just off call of duty it's off of the activision blizzard name for everything across the board and and candy crush brings in you know like i think it's like two three billion dollars uh just from candy crush right and then you then you have call of duty then you have diablo then you have overwatch with the 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 uh microtransactions and, and stuff there then you have world of warcraft right and then whatever other games they're working on so I don't know. I, I, I think long term, I think it will work out for them, obviously. Otherwise, they wouldn't spend $70 billion to make the acquisition. And you, and it is one of the biggest 
lucrative, uh, you know, video game uh, brands out there, right? I mean, when you think of top tier video games, as much as people may hate Activision Blizzard or whatnot, you think EA, you think Activision, you, all the bad guys in the industry are the ones that are at the top of the top of the heap, right? So, them them buying them for seventy billion, they could make it ten years. But think about this now. Okay, they lose money for three years, four years off of the Call of Duty brand. But the brand itself now, uh, I said this last week and weeks before, but World of Warcraft, let's say it comes to console, right? How many other people that don't have a PC all of a sudden are now diving into World of Warcraft and playing their MMO on their console, right? Another MMO that they've never got to play before, but now they're, they're coming in for that. Or whatever future game they have is exclusive on on the Microsoft platforms, or now you can play it on your television set. Maybe they come out with a th that third console that's just that little keystone that you plug into your television and everybody can now have for... Tell me that people won't do this, right? Call of Duty bundled, all right? You get Call of Duty, uh, first season pass uh, for the next Call of Duty, and you get three months of game pass on this box for 100 bucks, right? And it comes with the controller. Who's gonna Who's going to throw... Right, because it's no skin off their back for the digital stuff, right? They're giving you the the, the game pass, and they're giving you the uh, the game, right, or the, the the season pass. That's nothing. They didn't have to print anything. They didn't have to ship anything. They didn't have to do anything. Just download it onto your television set, and you start playing or whatever. And you're in your little box. They're selling that cheap box, which is going to be an over the stream online service type thing, and they're giving you a controller, which is that that eats the cost there, right? So they they're they're making money off that. If that's their plan in the future, I mean, they'll make the money back somehow. And if they use the name Call of Duty to drive people to come, because if, if you know Call of Duty is still awesome and you can only play it on Xbox or Microsoft on PC and on, on Game Pass or whatever, long term conditioning people, they're mm -hmm. going to convert. They're going to The people that play PlayStation now at one time played Xbox. They played Sega. They played Nintendo. They moved over to Sony, right? They, they weren't born with the Sony. Well, maybe some of you were like born with the Sony uh, controller in your hand because Sony itself, PlayStation itself, is more of a teenage to adult, like early adult box, right? Where Nintendo, that's that's your pacifier. That's your, your entry to gaming for most people when they're younger. And then they transfer because they have friends, they have cooler games, the graphics are cooler, and they move over to a PlayStation or they move over to an Xbox. So the, the tide is turning, right? The, it's all digital now. So this box is going to go away. It's not going to be about a box. It's going to be where where are you playing the game with your friends, right? We're old. We're thinking that you have to physically own something. The new the the, the new blood coming up, they don't care, right? They're 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 just going to play the game wherever the game lands for them. We're we're putting a flag in the ground saying Sony, Xbox, whatever as, as a fan of the thing. But most people are just going to be like, yeah, I don't care. I'm just, I just want to play the game with my friends. I think a lot of people are also seeing that quote from Jim Ryan and misunderstanding it because he essentially said if if you let them degrade this game on our platform for the next however many years, we will lose customers, there'll be a network effect that will exacerbate it, and we won't recover from that. And people think, oh no, PlayStation's going to die without Call of Duty. And he's he's not saying that. He's saying, listen, we, we know the migratory effect that this game can have, we've invested over the years in order to do it, and in conjunction with them sort of winning the exclusive war, because Microsoft did it for a couple of years, and then Sony had their turn. Well, Sony just happened to have their turn 
during the Call of Duty's extreme explosion. So now this massive surge of Call of Duty growth over the last however many years has netted them that growth as well. And now it's endemic to their platform. And people are like, oh my gosh, Sony's so bad at business that, you know, they, they, they should have planned better. And it's like, so they should have planned to not be successful. They should have discouraged people from buying Call of Duty. I don't understand. Like it's endemic to their revenue because they won the war and then the game exploded. And right. I, I guess they should have anticipated an unprecedented acquisition. Like, I don't understand what, what, what people mean by that because, it, it, and like you're saying, people will go where their friends go. I think that's what he means by the network effect. Like, over the next 10 years, the reason that PlayStation knows Call of Duty can affect your consumer base is because they've seen what it's done for them. And they're like, this has been great, and we don't even own it. We don't even own Call of Duty. Look how right. great this has been for us. And if Microsoft gets the the inverse of that migratory effect, then Sony's going to be sitting there looking at like, oh my gosh, you let the direct you you let our direct competitor basically yank money from our pockets. Yeah, the the, the problem is if this was ten years ago and this deal went through, obviously it wouldn't be seventy billion dollars. But if if it was ten years ago and the deal went through and Xbox was taken over and there was no digital format of it and it was just physical. It would take a longer period of time. I don't think PlayStation or say Sony would freak out as much, but in, it's a digital world now and it's exponentially faster and it evolves much faster. So I don't think Sony was ready for this. They, they were blindsided by this, thinking that they didn't have to worry about someone coming along and buying Activision Blizzard because they, like most of us, were like, nah, it's too big. Can't, right? You can't, you, you can't purchase it. And now because it's digital, just like it happened in, in 2017 and 2018, 80% of the, or it was the 90% of the market was still physical copies and 20% or uh, 10% was digital. And then boom, the, they said over five years, it was going to change. It changed in one year. It went from 2080 physical copies to digital copies, right? It, it was a, you know, 80 point shift over to the other side and everyone was like, holy Christ. So that's how fast it is. Now here we are six years later mm. and the digital format and the way everything's happening. This is why I think they recoiled real fast by saying, oh, we bought we bought Bungie up, right? Because Bungie is first person shooter like gods. You know what I mean? Like they're they're They could be making something really good there. But, you know, Activision also worked on uh, you know, uh, Destiny and stuff like that. And they have COD and they make really good games as well. So I, I think the, the 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 pockets are deep with, with Microsoft. And they're 10 times the size of Sony. And Sony has to make adjustments, and they are. But is it going to be enough 10 years from now? Are they going to be able to withstand this? And and what Jim Ryan's trying to do is he's trying to stay alive. He's like, look, he he's trying to keep them afloat until they can come up with something to compete against Call of Duty. And because of the digital, because of the digital way, it's going to happen over overnight. You know what I mean? Like per se, not literally overnight, but a lot faster than it would if it was a physical copy and they had to print the disc and it took three to five years to get it out. Right. And Gilly's saying, you know, you can't think that Sony didn't know that ABK wanted to be sold well before this hit the public. The only reason, you know, they didn't think it would buy them is because they can't afford them. The signs were clear that ABK was going to sell. Yeah, but again, I just want to know what people think Sony was supposed to do as a response. Like, they're having commercial success with Call of Duty. What, what, 
So what are they supposed to do? Again, try to make less money? Try to have a revenue stream not be as strong? I, I don't understand what people expected them to do. You're you're having great success selling a product and you're worried that that product, you know, is looking to sell and you're thinking, well, if my direct competitor buys this, what am I going to do? Well, I think you would trust that regulatory bodies would have a problem with that because that's right. literally what they're there for. They're there to say, hey, you're you're trying to buy something that your direct competitor relies upon, and we have antitrust laws to keep that from being a brute force competitive killer. Like, oh, I'll just brute force my competitor out of the market. Like, I'll just, I'll just buy the supply line. And I, I see Game Pass being less of a focus honestly and more of a additive service on microsoft's ecosystem so the dollar deal goes away this this is supposed to be about game pass so i don't want to get distracted on the sony thing i think it's related though because i do think trying to buy call of duty put it on game pass trying to get diablo put it on game pass it's an interesting discussion in the realm of profitability it's like Sony makes you a lot of money <laughs> and you're not going to make as much money on Call of Duty throwing it on Game Pass so I'm curious about that symbiosis going forward but Microsoft gets rid of this dollar deal and I've seen people speculate that Xbox Game Pass numbers are going to go down accordingly they think that a large swath of people were just slamming this deal home every month and they're they're suddenly going to be like, oh, I'm not using Game Pass anymore. I'm not using Game Pass. We're seeing people already sort of planning on using the family plan. Let's all go in together. You and I talked about this last time. Like, oh, yep. yeah, they're getting five more dollars out of them. Do you think the removal of the dollar deal is going to drive Game Pass numbers noticeably down? I don't. We don't ever really get to see them, but there are people predicting that that's going to happen and I'm like man I don't know that's crazy if there's that many people doing it that there'll be a noticeable shift in the number of subscribers every month um I I think there will be again in the beginning because right now there's and I say this in very generalistic form I'm not saying there's no games on game pass but for the majority of the gaming population that's the the word right there's like waiting for first party titles they're waiting for that game they're waiting for something to happen on game pass the people that are on game pass like game pass but the people that don't have game pass are waiting for something to happen on game pass they they're they're either making excuses or they're lying that they're not they don't have it maybe they do but like they're waiting for starfield they're waiting for fable they're waiting for something to come out for first party maybe after the deal goes through diablo's on there maybe call of duty is on there you know and that's the game that they get there's something there's something that's going to be for somebody. And I think once that dollar deal has gone, well, it is gone. Um, you're going to see a drop once the people's memberships stop, however many they stacked up and, and did. Uh, and obviously there's nobody else coming in. But I think they can go a different way to to make other deals. Like, for instance, I just bought a brand new controller for my Xbox. And on the box, it, it came with a one-month subscription of the ultimate game pass right so there's there's other accessories that they could put out there to get you in on game pass for for that so buy a peripheral type of thing buy a hard drive type of thing they could add it to those uh type of formats to get people to buy the the accessory and then get the uh the the push them into the thing they could have that keystone you know project keystone cheap low-end a system to come in and then that could get them in there there could be many different ways they can adjust sure it's not a dollar but it's it's a dollar if you buy something along the way it could be hey buy a physical copy of a game 
right? Oh, and it comes with Game Pass. You know, it comes with a month of Game Pass or whatever. So there's there's many different ways they can go about continuing to try to drive forces. But I think the, the main force would be uh, that family plan because now they're getting four extra dollars from five, you know, five people type of thing. And that could be the, the one game. Maybe maybe the game that comes out next, the next MMO comes out is only on Xbox and their friends start playing it and then they're like, oh, you got to try it out. And you know, they come in on that family plan or, or, or whatnot, right? There's, like I said, there's, there's many mm -hmm. different avenues. I don't think there's one avenue for Microsoft thinking like, this is what we're doing. I think there's many different ways. Which is one of the reasons I'm seeing Game Pass turn into a tier system where there'll be higher tier levels that get more because they know they have Game Pass and Game okay, Pass now, Ultimate. Yeah, but I see that becoming even bigger, you know, long term. You know, four four tiers, you know, and and that's how you interact with their ecosystem, and that's how you interact with their games because. I, I think that so many of these companies are seeing that future of subscription and look what it does to player expectation, consumer expectation. There are people saying this all the time. They're like, well, you know, PlayStation is going to have to compete. They're going to have to put all their first party titles on PlayStation Plus. And it's like, I, I don't think you understand what market leader means. They're the market leader. They don't have to do that. That's not their model. But you can see how that works. As soon as somebody gets accustomed to that that subscription model it becomes to them it's already a, con a consumer expectation right. it's already an entitlement well sony's ridiculous sony's anti-consumer well why well they don't put their first party titles on their subscription service what in the world where, where did that come from like I, I don't understand i always told people like there i remember my friends and i used to go to fazoli's because of the free breadsticks but that doesn't mean i can go to a five-star italian Just restaurant and be like why aren't you giving me yeah. why aren't you giving me free breadsticks they they right. do it why aren't you doing it and they're like our entire we business structure to. is different. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. What number yeah, number one, we don't have to. And number two, our business structure is different. Those, right. those we, we we got a you know, we got an Italian chef that we flew over and it's a proprietary recipe. It's but, there's a value here, it's worth buying. We're not giving this crap away for free, right? You know, Fazoli's breadsticks, go have right. those then if that's what you but want. That, that's the point though, right? There's 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 a market for high end and there's a market for mid tier and there's a low end, right? And just in gaming, if 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 Sony wants to, if Sony fans want to sit on your high horse, right? Because I own all systems except the PlayStation Five. I haven't bought one yet, but I have a PlayStation. I have a, a Nintendo. I have an Xbox. If if you want the high end thing and you feel like that's high end, then drink the twenty dollar bottle of water, right? If you if you don't want to buy the twenty dollar bottle of water, you can buy the ten dollar bottle of water. And if you don't want the ten, you just open your faucet. It's free. You put it underneath and you you drink a glass of water, right? There's many structures to the thing and everything it doesn't have to be priced the same there has to be a difference and sony's providing you first party titles single player action adventure games that you can play at a high standard with a controller that's feedback and you know they have vr they're 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 high end for for the gamers microsoft doesn't have vr doesn't have haptic feedback on their controllers and they're giving you a hundred games for ten dollars right so there's that mid-tier section or even low-end tier and then nintendo right nintendo's out there just on its own so there's a system for every you know price point that someone wants to to, to get in there yeah. has to be there has to be you can't have the exact same yes they're competing but look at what my right now is it rumored? I don't even know if it's rumored. I, I, I've been scanning through the the news. 
they're coming out with a, a handheld again, right? To uh, PlayStation, or is that is that is that false? No, it lo- it looks like a pretty solid leak and rumor, eight inch screen, and it will basically do. We don't know like for deck. sure, but it'll do remote play on your PS5. We've also heard that it will also have cloud capability. So okay. basically, it won't play anything native. So it, it'll be right. it won't be nearly as expensive as like a Steam Deck. Okay. And so, but yeah, they're trying to get into that market, right? They're, yeah, I mean, they've always been in that market, but they're 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 trying to stay with that market, right? Is is Microsoft doing that? They're like, no, you can play it on your phone. Just download the app. You can just mm-hmm. it right to the phone. Mm-hmm. They they don't care. They're playing two separate sports, not even game. Like they're they're playing two different sports at this point now, uh, with the mentality of Microsoft's doing and what Sony wants wants to do. Well, and I think that Microsoft's approach is where they view themselves as truly competing with like Amazon and Google because that's the level that they want. They want to be in your home in that way. Like right now, that's all I, I, I buy book on Amazon. I, my wife does subscribe and save, right? We have the Amazon wish list and we use the Amazon echo and yep. we, you know, it's Amazon is all over my house, right? I watch Amazon prime movies and tv shows and i i subscribe to paramount plus through amazon and microsoft saying we want to be that we want to be on your phone we want to be in your television we want to be the place that you come for all this stuff and when you subscribe to xbox game pass i mean i could even see them having inroads into non game related subscriptions as well I mean they, they might start trying to make moves there that would be the interesting thing is if this acquisition goes through and Microsoft's like hey uh, we kind of want to buy Netflix <laughs> like, do you know right. what I'm saying but but look at the look who they named right Amazon and Google Microsoft is leaps and bounds ahead of them as far as gaming consoles go right compared where Sony doesn't have the 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 financial backing to compete with Amazon and Google. Amazon and Google have, they could just go buy if they really wanted to. Google could be like, yeah, I'm going to buy Sony just so I can compete with Microsoft, right? Type of thing, type of move, right? Microsoft has gaming and then they're moving over to the streaming space. They're moving over to the online space. And what does Amazon have? They have Luna, which how many people know that Luna's like there? I don't think a lot of people know. Maybe this chat does, but a lot of people don't even know Luna, right? And Stadia was an absolute success, right? So they're leaps and bounds ahead of what Google and Amazon are in the gaming space right now. Amazon's throwing all their hat in the ring for MMOs, right? They have like five MMOs coming out uh, from Amazon Studios or taking other MMOs. They have Blue Protocol. They have Lost Ark. They have uh, New World. They have like two other ones that are trying to come out. That That's where they're focusing their attention for games right now, but they're not coming out with a system or anything right now. They're Luna's a weird kind of scenario of uh you know of, of a gaming thing it's sort of like stadia it's sort of like x cloud it's it's weird it's like a weird hybrid type of, of of thing but yeah they're they're moving from a market where they were losing to now they're the king right yeah yeah well and somebody's bringing up uh, uh 
obviously this is an intellectual argument because they used a pony emoji and they're saying they're shook and coping because Jimmy even says none of their games can equal Call of Duty much tears flow it's just interesting I'd be curious do you have any Xbox first party titles that have been commercially successful in the last 20 years to rival I don't know any of the commercial sales of PlayStation's first party property because I'm just I don't know, I'm just interested to know where's Microsoft on the spectrum of commercial success for first party titles. I I'll, I'll let I'll let you cheat. I'll let you skip to the back of the book. They don't have anything even remotely close first party commercial success except for maybe Forza. So that's the issue. Call of like Sony admitting the size and the profitability of Call of Duty is not a dunk. They're just admitting that this game's a leviathan. That would be like looking at the mobile market. And if suddenly Apple no longer had access to Candy Crush and Apple said, whoa, 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 we make tons of money on Candy Crush. It's like the fourth most profitable game in the world. And somebody said, well, Apple, you should have thought about that. What do you mean? This is a Leviathan-like game. It's hit an endemic level. Everybody plays it. Everybody gives it money. Sony admitting that's just, it's not a dunk. I, I don't think people see what they're saying. It would be like like when Netflix lost all of the NBC property or all the Marvel property. That significantly hurt them. Look at what happened to Netflix in the wake of that. Like, yep. that that's because why? Because Marvel had grown to a status that was so big that or Star Wars that Disney wanted them. That's how big the property got. And when a property gets that big, it shouldn't surprise you that it generates a ton of money. Like, that's not a... This is not some sort of a, of a revelation that's damaging to the PlayStation brand like people think it is. It's just admittance to what all of us have known all along. The Call of Duty is one of the gods in the industry, and you can't afford to lose them. Who could? Right. Right. I mean... It's, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the choice that Microsoft makes with Call of Duty as far as obviously they made the deals with, with them and they, I don't know if they're I don't know if they're by the law by the state whatever they're, they're going to sign that they can't put it on Game Pass if because if, Sony doesn't want it but maybe they could and that ruins the whole business structure of what Sony's trying to do and, and put it out there I, I agree with the way Sony's doing their thing right like I say like if God of War comes out, you don't put that on their on their platform for six, eight, twelve months, right? You you mm-hmm. let that game sell and run its course and then put it on there to get everybody else to to come and play that game, right? So I like their business model better. I think it's better for the industry. But Microsoft has got their they got the game pass and they're 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 changing the way uh consumers take their games because the value is gonna continue sleeve get tremendous and people are going to get used to it and used to it and used to it and then if it wavers or switches in any way they're going to revolt they're going to be like well i got 100 games for a dollar now i got 100 games for five dollars i got 100 games for ten dollars you know what i mean it's, it's going to go up in price and what's that point going to be where they're like yeah i'm not going to pay that much for for the same thing you're giving and then microsoft have to make a change of value they're gonna to have to make four games you put 200 games on there instead of 100 games you know what i mean and with Microsoft looking at Game Pass and the future trajectory here of they want to, as Sony argued in their response to the CMA, that the point of this acquisition is to acquire talent and then to put that talent to work and to, to bolster Game Pass. Do you, what are your thoughts on subservices in games going to 
there are games you can only play on the subservice. Like, you can't buy games anymore. Do you envision that being a future? Because Adobe did that with Creative Suite, right? Like, you can't buy Adobe Creative Suite anymore. You just have to sub to them for Creative Suite. And I know Microsoft's been moving that way with Office 365, where it's very difficult to buy it. Like, it's not an easy thing. I think you gotta, like, go looking for it. They basically try to push everybody into the subservice. Do you think games are going that way, or or at least Microsoft's going to try to lead that charge? I, I think everything's going that way. Everything's a subscription model. I, I literally try to sign my son up for a summer camp, uh, and 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 <laughs> he could take one he could take one thing, but if you wanted to do the Minecraft one, you had to do the other one, right? It was a free. <laughs> it was free only with the purchase of the other one. And I was just like, seriously, like I was like, I can't just do the Minecraft one. So you have to be a sub to partake in that other camp type of thing so it's like i I mean yes yes the gaming industry and microsoft everything is going to do that they're going to go into the like what creature just said like a a combination type of thing like you know uh where you're going to purchase game pass and you get this as well but you have to do the subscription model if you don't do the subscription you don't get anything right it's in or in and then everything or uh, out and nothing it's gonna be a la carte they're gonna give you choices of of things right like for instance you pay ten dollars for Game Pass a month, right? And um, a game comes out on Game Pass, uh, let's say on June first. But if you pay the uh, Ultimate Edition, it comes out two weeks early or a month early, right? So the people that are on Game Pass that are paying the Ultimate can play that Game Pass game a month earlier than the other people on Game Pass at the lower at the lower tier. Like that's that's what it'll be. Hmm. Yeah. I. It's interesting because when you know I own every I own every platform and I've kind of reached a point where I'm I'm like I want to cancel all these sub services because I'm not using, using them <laughs> like they've they got me they totally did like you know Game Pass Ultimate they got me but then here's the thing every once in a while I pull it up and then like my daughter wants to try out a game right she played Hi Fi Rush. And she beat it. And I'm yep. like, all right, well, I'll keep it. And then on PlayStation Plus, like every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, let me let me do a trial. I'm going to install this trial and try out this game. And so then I end up keeping it. And it's that that's that's the real ticket is that would be a 900 IQ play by Microsoft because we've always said subscriptions to MMOs struggle on console. Like it's a really tough sell. A couple of people have pulled it off. A lot of games have tried to hide it, right? Like Destiny doesn't really do it, but you're kind of paying a subscription fee if you add up your annual outgo to stay up to date in Destiny. You're kind of paying a monthly subscription fee of like, I think it's like seven bucks or something if you add up the annual cost to stay up to date in Destiny. But if Microsoft basically says, well, we don't need to get anybody on a subscription service for individual MMOs, We've just slowly fostered an entire community of people who they're on our subservice. And if you want yeah. these games, you got to stay on. Just like if you want to keep playing World of Warcraft, you got to keep paying that sub fee. But that's just one game. This is this is going to be a whole host of games. It's going to be an ecosystem. And that's the future I see. I see Microsoft looking more like cable television in 10 years where oh. there'll be different tier levels of subscription and like the big, the big banger is 60 bucks a month or something and you're getting could you imagine though that that single player action games are like 20 bucks subscription service but like uh simulator games are like 10 bucks you know what i mean like 
different tiers. They know that the single player action yeah. ones are, are, you know, all of a sudden Microsoft comes out with this, let's say God of War tier type of game, like mm-hmm. say, or Horizon Zero game. But the only way you can play it is get the top tier level of, of of Game Pass, right? People would be like, a lot of people would push back on that. Be like, wait a minute, single player action adventure first party uh, first party games are twenty bucks, but uh, Minecraft Dungeons is at the ten dollar level. You know what I mean? Like that. I don't know. I think I would stop playing games at that point with the with the with the tier level like that. But see, it's so interesting how quickly people just changed, evolved, and adapted, right? Because like, sure. you know, Game Pass been out for five or six years, and look at the mindset. Look at the hive mind. Oh, yeah. Look at the conversation around it. It's Microsoft's got to just be rubbing their hands together. Like, oh, we did it. These these people think. That we we like them. They think we're pro consumer. They have no yeah. idea. They have no idea yeah. what we're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I would. I would. Uh, I always say like, I, I'm starting to play a lot more. I, I don't play them on stream. I, I I started to play a lot more like little indie titles, like names of games I haven't even, even seen. Because I use uh, it's not a sponsor, but Opera, the Opera um, uh, browser, and it shows like independent games when they come out and stuff like that. And I'm like. Yeah. I was like, uh, let me let me try some of these games, right? Because they're, they're they're in my site. I see them, and I'm like, oh, let me see. And I look at it, and I, I'm starting to go back towards trying other games out a little bit more than I did in the past because I, I'm just kind of tired of the way the AAA games are going and the way they're they're pushing, right? And I'm also being conditioned because of Game Pass, right? Every time a game comes out, we joke. It's a it's a running joke. Every time a new game comes out, we're like, is that on Game Pass? Mm-hmm. It's a joke, but at the same time, we're truly believing like, yeah, it's going to be on Game Pass sometime, right? It's, it's six months, eight months, ten months, whatever. It's, it's, it's coming to Game Pass. I can wait. I got a backlog of games. I'll wait for it to come on to Game Pass, right? And that's the, that's the mentality of what Microsoft is doing to the culture. Yeah, yeah, I want a t-shirt that just says that. Like, is it on Game Pass? <laughs> is it on Game Pass? <laughs> <laughs> Everything that comes out. Like, are you going to see that new movie, that new TV show? It's like, is it on it's Game Pass? Game. Like, this is the first thing people are going to say. I'm like, well, I just, that's where I, that's, that's my entertainment funnel. That's where I hang out. And I, I, I actually oh. could see them doing that. I just, as soon as you said that, though, I'm thinking, like, because the Mario movie just came out this week, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. When they start doing the Halo show, right, they have, and then they do the Gears of War show, and they, they start doing other uh television-esque video game shows and all of a sudden you can only watch those on game pass like they come once they're out in theaters or shows they only show on uh the game pass network or whatever it is yeah i could see yeah. it i could see it happening it wouldn't surprise me at all if this acquisition is just the beginning of what they want to they want to lean into because if you're going to compete with amazon microsoft could make very compelling arguments and say listen Amazon has a whole host of things that they do. They offer games. They offer TV shows and movies. We we would like to enter that market as well. And then they would buy, you know buy a Netflix or something, and see that as like a part of what they're doing. Uh, thank you so much, Quintar. He just gifted five members to the community. We need three more, and I owe you guys five. You guys crushed it today. That puts us right on the doorstep of 50 total for the day. That's so generous. Make sure you guys are smashing like if you've enjoyed this conversation with my friend Mike. Check out his link below in the description as well. Throw him a subscription and watch his content on the regular. On you know, Since we're talking Game Pass, and we kicked off this entire thing with ZeniMax could be Microsoft's secret weapon into live service games. 
on that subject of live service games, because everybody hates live service games for some reason. <laughs> Diablo 4 is around the corner. It'll be one of the most commercially successful games of the year, but, you know, live service games are terrible. Do you do you think that's a big goal of Microsoft to say we need we need live service games we need to enter that market or is that is that is that not conducive because like we were talking about that earlier you said well they're already kind of doing that with Sea of Thieves and Forza but after Halo do you think maybe they're skittish are they going to say oh, I don't know about that live service thing we didn't we didn't have a good run with that because they haven't done a lot of other live service games other than those couple and Abe with five thank you Abe go ahead um. I don't know, because we don't know what they have in store. I mean, a lot of the games that we see that they're coming out with, like Avowed or Fable, mm-hmm. we, we don't know much about those games right now. I, they could have a slew of games coming out, or maybe they're just, depending on third-party games, uh, maybe to come out and then put them on Game Pass as an exclusive or something. I don't know. Um, I, I, I just don't think that they're... I don't think there's a division. Like, they're working on all these live service games to put... I, like I said in the in, earlier in the show, I, I believe that there's different a widespread umbrella type of of deal where they're they're working on all these different types of games i don't think they're they're focusing or honing in on live service games i i kind of feel like sort of like people say it's free on game pass you know what i mean like everyone thinks it's free but you're you're paying 10 you're paying 15 or whatever you're paying for to play those games on that service I, i feel like that's the same thing right i feel like games coming out not everything has to be like a live service game and you're you're just kind of just playing the game if it's single player if it's co-op if it's multiplayer if it's live service they're just just wherever whatever game you want to play it'll it'll be on game pass right it'll, it, that's that's what they want to do i don't i don't think they're honing in on live service personally i just said earlier that i they already have the live service working right 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 yeah. i was just thinking throughout the show you said that and i was like they don't seem to be announcing or pushing heavily into live service and i don't know what forza motorsport it, you know has has planned i think they have sort of a live service element and we don't know when that's coming but um that could be another one that they're trying to lean in it seems like the car games do pretty well as live service offerings because yeah. you got gran turismo well, on playstation and then you got forza well you also have fallout 76 is, is a live service but that was already there and it's on mm. other systems as well but that's a live service game that's on game pass as well right well minecraft minecraft is also another live service game that we have been brought up well yeah and minecraft legends might be live service and ongoing they haven't really said that's going to be i think that's actually going to be a pretty big uh title i've seen a couple previews that have said it's amazing like it's really really good i I was intrigued the first time i saw it i was like man minecraft dungeons was a great little game you know it was really really fun and i think minecraft legends looks pretty impressive and that could have ongoing live service plans oh uh geforce i I forgot about See, I forgot about Flight Simulator. That's a live service game, right? That's a first-party title. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's like, you know what's weird? They don't talk about those games as if they're live service. I wonder if they're just avoiding the word because everybody seems to hate live service. Like, you guys are mentioning titles, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I completely forgot about that because they don't really couch them as live service. Maybe that's Microsoft's secret sort of weapon to glide under the radar of like, ah, oh, it's a Game Pass game, it's a Game Pass game, and then they never really talk about the fact that, oh, these are live service games, because the minute we hear live service, the pitchforks come out, everybody gets really angry. Well, you have to look at it, the two the two folds are, someone bought God of War or Horizon Forbidden West, you paid $70, right, and you played that game for, I don't know, what, what was the campaign for Ragnarok, 20 hours? 
Um, it was between 20 and 35 hours, depending on how you played. All right. So let's say 40 hours. We'll give it, give it 40 hours, and, and then you're done. Like most people put that game down and, and never touch it again, right? Well, in that time that you took 40 hours to play, someone paid $10 on Game Pass and played, you know, let's say uh, Starfield's out, and then, uh, you know, Redfall's out. And if they're subpar games regardless, you can play more games for less money, right? I could play Game Pass for seven months for the same price that you paid for one game on PlayStation. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you could try as many games out and you could play way more than 40 hours worth for $70 worth. So that that's the deal, right? That's the perspective of more games, more of your time. Like you could spread it across, you could play one game, you could play 100 games, you could you could play for months for the exact same price you paid for for that one fantastic game even if you want to say there's subpar games on on game pass you can still play and get your money's worth a lot more on game game pass than anything else and as far as getting your money's worth i've been curious about this as well because everybody talks about sony's gonna need to compete sony's gonna need to compete i'm like well they're the market leader so they already are competing like they're doing just fine as far as i can tell that doesn't mean they're they're perfect and can't you know improve because i've argued that ps plus needs to improve i don't think it looks very good on the platform xbox's ui is better i think xbox just does a better offer as well like it just game pass just is positioned better on the platform looks more impressive but sony does the trials on any game i what 30 90 39 bucks and up and they've got to add that game trial within 90 days for everybody on premium okay does that put any pressure as far as like gotta compete, gotta compete? Well, if the market leader's doing that with their subscription service, does that put any pressure at all on Game Pass to say, well, Game Pass Ultimate is also going to offer game trials on any game that doesn't land on Game Pass that's at like this threshold of price and up, so you can you can try out the games because I I think game trials are are a wonderful service to the to the consumer because I miss those Xbox Arcade demos were awesome. I bought tons of games because I played them first. I, I don't think so because of the ten dollar price entry point and and with all the games that are on there. What what's that low entry point of on the on the PlayStation? Is it ten? Is it still ten? Or is it yeah, it's the, yeah they ma- they match they, in price last same. time I checked. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's the the business model. I think they want to give more. I mean, they they could do it, but again, I think Sony's that high end uh, price point and they're charging that thirty dollars for the for the trials. And I don't think I don't think Microsoft has to do it. Mm. I, 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 you know, so I, I think that I think Sony is providing something that they think their clientele's want, like their clients want, their customers want, and Microsoft is like, yeah, no, they're they're all in the box. You can you can play ten bucks, you know, all all, all day pass, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and and that's the thing that I've always looked at is how can you give people a chance to support the like to support the game because that's just that's just my my mind always goes there is like we see all these reports and it's like gamers have such short-term memory it's like we see all these reports about crunch culture and super razor thin profit margins and you see companies getting shuttered and games failing and they come out and they're not ready and we see all that and we think a better future for games is one where you're not buying any like I don't understand how that how we got there it's like I'm looking at this thinking 
dude, so many studios are going to close down in the next 10 years because it won't be it won't be sustainable number one i think they'll close down because if there's a ton of acquisitions that happen they're going to do cost reduction you know production reduction they're gonna be like well you know we got to shut down some of these studios because they're they're not generating enough revenue production cost you know we we, we're going to shut you down because that's typically what happens on a on a merger and an acquisition is they they shutter a lot of the property and i think we're about to enter a buying war so you're going to see a lot of studios and properties just go away and if that's if that's where we're headed, I'm just really interested about the relationship between publisher and developer and how that changes because that's been one of the primary causes for criticism that people have that analyze the the I remember people looking at the gaming economy and being like this isn't sustainable. It's too expensive. You're 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 having to spend way way too much money, which is why publishers always push for just ship the dadgum game, just ship it. We, we you know, we're we got to make money here. And if we're moving more towards subscription-based and not a buy, like a buy-to-own relationship, a buy-to-play relationship, I just wonder what that's going to do to the quality of the games and the size of the studios. Yeah, but hasn't this always been a a problem, though? I mean, out out of the ashes came an EA, out of the ashes came an Activision, right? Like, these game companies were small-time independent developers at one point, one amongst hundreds at the time. Now there's tens of thousands of of studios right so there's more people making games not every game can be profitable not every game is going to be successful most most studios shut down because they make their first game it's their dream project and they they there's no there's no hoopla about it there's nobody they didn't make enough money and they closed down by themselves right so you can look at it and i'm looking at it from a, a different perspective where a lot of these companies see the talent that these studios have pick them up support them to make a two their second game or third game and then yeah they they might get closed down and eat up like unicron that i gave the example last week where they just chop the planet spit out you know keep the good stuff and then spit out the the rest where let's say a studio got bought out that was like 20 people uh and only five people in that studio were actually worth their weight in gold for the for the project and then the other guys get left go i mean that's just what business is so i think it's always been around where studios are gonna be closing down and losing i think now it's just more prominent because now the studios that are getting closed down instead of just being a 10 to 20 man crew it's like thousand to two thousand uh man crew and they've been around for 10 to 15 years you know what i mean so i think it's just i think it's the same things happening just it's it's in a bigger format now where some studios like what's one of the bigger companies it's like um Ubisoft or something's got like twelve thousand or CD mm-hmm. Project Red. I forget, I forget what it is, but they have a tremendous amount of uh, um, employees. And if you look at Bungie, they're at at what eight hundred or a thousand, twelve hundred, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at some point, so like, there's tons of people owning companies, tons of thousands of games coming out, and, and again, not all of them are going to make it. So, I, I I don't know. I think it's just a a, a part of war, you know, battle, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and the the question is, is who's gonna win? Like, or or, or is the consumer gonna win? You know, is uh, are the game no, companies gonna, gonna win? No, the consumer's not gonna win. You're you're gonna you're gonna go along whatever the the companies decide what the what the uh, the next step is, right? You're gonna fall in. You're either gonna fall in line or you're not gonna play the games. That's that's just basically it. Well, and if if the Sony handheld is real, and they're you know they're trying to throw this out here, and you know you were saying earlier like Microsoft doesn't need a handheld, they just they you know they put they want their ecosystem everywhere. They signed this this deal with Nvidia, 
uh, NVIDIA, GeForce NVIDIA thing, and then you can put it on phones and stuff. And a lot of people have said, like, you know, Microsoft doesn't want to get into the hardware space. Like, they made the announcement about VR, and I don't think they have any interest in VR. Remember when they made the announcement about augmented reality and they showed, like, the 3D Minecraft thing? I've not heard anything about that since then. Right. Does, is that, are they moving away from hardware? Like, if, they, if they're like, nah, no VR, nah, no augmented reality, we decided not to do that. Oh, and yeah, the, the, the mobile, mobile gaming devices, like a Steam Deck and stuff, no, nah, we don't need to do that. You just put our ecosystem everywhere. The, the, the speculation about, oh, this is going to be the last Xbox, I mean, I think we get one more, but I don't know. Do you think there's a trajectory there, a measurable trajectory of, let's get out of hardware, man? I think hardware will be there in some state like if it's put a disc in and like close the door or if it's a digital box that you just have to have Mm -hmm. uh to access the games i think it'll be there i mean i think we're seeing it i mean you have a physical disc and then you have one that doesn't have a disc at all and they both do the exact same thing only one's bigger because it has more power and 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 whatnot so I, i i still think we're gonna get those it's like the sort of like a cable box right you have to have a box on top of your television or had to have a cable box on top of your television now you don't now it's like built in uh you know to to the television because of you have roku built in or whatever i think there'll be some sort of um peripheral uh set how big that box is i have no idea but i think there'll always be some sort of peripheral because obviously even if it comes down to just the television you need the tv yeah to, to see right you know you know what i'm saying so even if they built it into the tv if it's part of a stick if it's in the actual television itself you're you're, you're always going to need that said thing if it's a projector something you're going to need something so I, I don't think consoles go completely away there'll always be something there i want to real quick someone says uh who, who said it earlier it said about is it okay for the 15 devs to to go flip burgers or whatever i mean you see it all the time that these developers make a studio, make a game, make two, three games, and then they get bought out and then they go make another studio and then they go make another game, right? Like it's happening right now with the ex developers from dice. They made the finals, the, the free to play game that's coming out, right? That they, they start new studios. That's what they do. Not everybody. I, I, I hate to break it to you. I mean, I went to film school I worked in the film industry for 20 years. When I graduated, there was 300 people that worked in the film industry. 10 of us out of the 300 of that one class of that month mm-hmm. still work in the industry to this day, right? So, like, it's not fair. Life's not fair. You're going to work jobs and you're going to get fired. You're going to get let go. And some people go on to work on other things and other people never work in it again. That's just the way it happens. And that's not big business problems. That's just the way the world works for business. Well, and somebody just put it in chat. They were, you know, they were saying that one of the complaints about Game Pass up to now is that there's been no first-party titles. And I just, I can't help but laugh at the at the irony of being like, well, the solution for no first-party titles is we're just going to go buy a bunch of third-party games that are already in production, and we're going to throw them on Game Pass. Like, these games were already coming out. Like right. you're not you're not getting a net gain here. Like I I just don't get that. Like I saw a guy literally say that on Twitter. He was like, "Well, ownership is what matters." And I'm like, "What do you mean ownership is what matters? You, these games were coming out anyway." Like you're the the complaint about no first party titles from Microsoft on Game Pass. 
and that's the solution is we're just well, yeah we just bought all these titles and now they're now now you can now you can do it it's like I don't know it would be like my wife complaining that like I never you know I never make her cards anymore I'm like yeah yeah I know I never make you cards for maybe I used to make her cards for anniversaries right. and Valentine's now you're Day. not gonna get them at all <laughs> well I just go buy a bunch of pre-made ones I'm like oh these ones are yeah. already made yeah. here you go now you have a ton of cards <laughs> like well that's not really what i was asking for exactly right yeah. <laughs> here, here here's the card here i'm giving you 12 cards in advance for everything that 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 you need a card for Your birthday christmas here's the easter card here's here's all the cards for the year give them in advance right i mean i just don't understand it's like you're there, there's no net gain here these games were already coming the, these these properties were already in existence like you're not you're not getting more first parties they're they're you know, they're getting to cheat. They're like, these people are on our team now. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, just a, you know, just a couple of years ago, that wasn't the case. And, oh, oh, yeah, we have a ton of first party titles now. Well, hi. Wow. Well, we bought them. You know, it's like, well, well, okay. It's a double edged sword, though, because then they ask for first party titles. And when the first party titles come out, they're like, yeah, it's not very good. Right. So, <laughs> so they're like looking, like right now, everyone's waiting. Everyone waited for Halo. Halo came out. People were disappointed with Halo. Right. And I know Mo will chat in and said, I love Halo. Right. And then, Fable, Fable will come out and people are waiting for Fable and Fable will come out and be like, like, ah, Fable didn't live up to my expectations. But they came out with the first party title. At some point, there's 40, 48 studios, 38 studios. I forget how many studios they have right now. At some point, these guys will all be done with their games and these games will come out and they will be first party title. But then yeah. you'll get people bitching that, well, they now they bought the first party titles and they have first party titles. Well, here's the first party titles. I mean, this is what it is. They bought a business. They're yeah. in development right now. And then when they come out, they'll be first party titles well and the, i i'm not I, i'm not trying to bash but it's like i <laughs> at what point though do you do you consider it to be fresh you know what i'm saying like well, right now they bought they, they bought bethesda yeah. and let's mm-hmm. say one of the zenimax studios is working on a game avowed right uh, uh obsidian it, it wasn't made before they bought it they started working on it after they bought it when is it clear for them to be like that's a f- actual first party title for Microsoft or is it always going to be well they bought Zenimax so it's they bought the studio so it, no matter what they come out with it's it's going to be a, a not a real true first party title right i think that's the thing that i'm trying to drive at is like the games that are going to be hitting game pass for the next 24 months most of these games were developed under the buy to play paradigm it's like you haven't really tasted what first party game pass games are going to look like because they bought a bunch of studios while they were in progress of developing the game now you could point to like a psychonauts 2 which got a lot of nominations and microsoft basically saved that project right you you could certainly look at that and say like oh this you know this is somebody that you know was was basically had their had their game saved or you know or had their project saved and you could you could point to that game, but a lot of this is like, well, these games were bought under the paradigm of, yeah, you've you've got a you've got a game that was being developed for buy to play, and now it you know now it's on now it's on Game Pass, and I'm I'm not trying to bash, but to me the concern is Game Pass is always the excuse or like the scapegoat. So when right. I saw people saying. They didn't think Atomic Heart was that good, or they thought it was kind of mediocre. It was like, ah, it's a perfect game for Game Pass, was kind of the mentality. 
And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're saying that mediocre games, like, thank God for Game Pass, like, is that going to be the new the new mentality of, well, it's totally fine if Redfall comes out and is disappointing or not that good because, well, it's a Game Pass game. That's, that's fine. Like, I, that's my, I guess that's my question. My question to the Xbox cheerleaders and the Xbox YouTubers and bloggers and these, these Game Pass people, are you good with that? Like, is that okay? If, like, you know, if this, if this game comes out and... You know, if this if this game comes out and, and, and uh, Redfall is disappointing and it's not very good, or Starfield's got all kind of problems, do we just get to hand wave and say, oh, yeah, it's fine. You know, it's a Game Pass game. Like, I'm genuinely curious if that's the attitude and posture we're going to see. Well, that this is my whole argument about Game Pass, right? Like, if a game comes out and it's just mediocre, it's okay because you didn't spend your full hard-earned money on it you, you see what i'm saying you're you're less likely to get mad at a game that's broke buggy unfinished subpar quality wise like it's a game you had fun right you, you're, you're having fun with the game it's a good game you put 20 hours into it but it, was, it wasn't a fantastic game it's just a okay game but you didn't spend full price on it so a lot of people look at that and go yeah i'm okay with that the majority of the population's okay with that the people in this chat are not okay with that because they're not the they're they're the minority Right? They're the they're the one percenters, the ten percenters that are listening to gaming all the time, playing all these different games. So we have higher standards for certain things, and that's why people fight back on, on, on such things. But the majority of the population, they don't care. They're they're gonna buy the game and play the game, and and if you don't like it, they're gonna be like, well, I had fun. I don't care. Right? And th- and that's that's the mentality of what, what what's going on. To answer a creature's question, right? If 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 you bought a channel and then and then competed against me i mean that's what's happening now anyway but like if you bought a channel of the high-end youtubers and then, and then make content for it i mean you own them at that point they would be your streamers at that point and then you're making money as a business do i have to respect it no i don't have to respect it but they're bought up the companies so they can make money so if you're if you want to make money, you would buy the guys that come in. If you're if you own a baseball team or a basketball team, you're not going to have crappy guys playing on your team. You're going to pay the big bucks for other people that were on other people's teams to come over to your team so you could compete to get the championship. That's what they do. So that's exactly what Mike like. Look at Microsoft. What they did, they went out and picked up a a Kobe Bryant, right? Rest his soul. Okay. And brought him to the team or Dwayne Wade or LeBron James and brought him over. They were already established. They were already making great shots or hitting great home runs or bringing a bunch of money in for people. Okay. But now they're on for that team. So it doesn't matter if if I get your respect or not. The respect is now they're competing. And that's what Microsoft did. Now they're competing. They picked up the guys to bring on their team and now they're competing or we're waiting for them to compete. Well, and I think that's what I've been saying is everyone keeps saying, well, you know, now Sony's going to have to compete. Now Sony's going to have to compete. And I'm like, I don't understand what you're saying. Sony has been competing and they have been winning. Like they're the market leader. The question will be, is this acquisition, is it going to lead to Microsoft competing? Or are they going to play the quantity game, right? Thank you, Burt Reynolds, for five gifted memberships. You guys are being so awesome today. Gee, many Christmas. Make sure you guys are smashing like, by the way. Let's hit that next like milestone. It helps the video. 
We've been putting on what I think is a pretty good talk show for you, and the chat engagement's been awesome. Thank you so much for the back and forth. I, I, I genuinely am curious. It's like, wh- wh- how how is Microsoft going to compete? They've they're spending all their money on an acquisition. What? Do, where? where <laughs> I I feel like you're going to get to a point where Microsoft's like, all right, that's enough money, Xbox. You got to kind of. This kind of this thing's got to work. We don't want to dump any more money into innovation or new property or new IP. Figure it out with all the stuff that you bought. I mean, quantity over quality, right? If they have forty-eight studios putting out mediocre stuff, that's still forty-eight companies. Where if if Sony's pumping out, you know, every five years they're pumping out ten games. You know, within that lifespan of the of the system right you have your god of war your horizon your spider-man your uncharted your whatever it is right the gran turismo they have like seven major properties uh where microsoft has you know i don't know major properties but maybe they have about the same seven major properties with like the halo the gear series regardless if you guys think like these are big ticket items here for them but now they make them mediocre they're just trying to they're just trying to get as many quantity of games on their service so you spend the money they don't need it to be superior they just need it to be good and again i'm being generalistic obviously if you enjoy the games you enjoy the games uh eugene is saying game pass only has 10 million console subs out of a base of 50 million xbox users because the average person isn't buying subs I, 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 yeah, I really wonder if that dollar deal and this family plan, if the, if that 10 million base is just people just churning and burning, man, just new account, new account, new account, new account. And that's why we're not seeing the, the game pass numbers going. Think about that for a second, because Phil Spencer said they pretty much had plateaued their game pass subscribers on console at, at 10 million out of the 50. That's, that doesn't seem that that makes sense why they're like yeah it's 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 not our it's not our profit mover 15% of our annual revenue comes from game pass like that's not that's not it at all which that just really confuses me cuz if the how in the world does that work you're going to buy all this property and throw it on game pass they must really think it's going to move the needle for game pass then i i don't know cuz that that does not seem that impressive i i'm really interested to see what happens when starfield comes out because starfield to me will be that that first game because it's a brand new ip right it doesn't have any kind of baggage with it i mean it kind of does because it's 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 bethesda and they they made fallout 76 unfortunately before they made this game so they they have a little bit of baggage of bethesda but this is a brand new ip and this could be the next halo this could be the next god of war this could be the next you know insert ip there uh for them so it'll be interesting to see how many people for that one month, right? Just imagine, I'm, I'm, I'm putting a fantasy, you know, like Wayne's World, you know, picture this, like all of a sudden Starfield comes out and everyone's kind of interested in it. They're curious about it. And all of a sudden for that one month, now that they have the higher price, there's no dollar and you have to pay 10 or you have to pay 15 and all of a sudden, the numbers go to fifty or hundred million or one hundred and fifty million people getting Game Pass just to try it for that for that one month, right? Well, that's that's a lot of money for that for that one month. Okay, so that's like five billion for one month, and then all of a sudden, the next month it completely dies off because people just wanted to, to try it out. Your your camera went off. Uh, okay. uh, so 
for for some reason like everyone just drops off the cliff the next time around it's like okay but they show something of a new ip one of their 48 studios coming out on that on that month and see the success or failure of that time frame and then see what it goes because if it makes that much money one game makes that much money interest for that one month no no games making that amount of money on its own by selling you would have to sell hundreds of millions of copies of games to put the the exact same amount of money they made from game pass that one month you know what i'm saying if it if it rose to that 100 million 120 million for that one month of game pass you see what i'm saying well, but the, I, the the challenge would be that at sixty dollars a piece, and if you're having a good cadence of game delivery, that actually does start to eclipse the subscription service because you're talking about one person mm-hmm. buying a game is equal to six subscribers. Like one person buying a game, that's equal to six Game Pass subscribers. Sure, sure but at the same time, look at the look at the how many people own a PlayStation Four. It was like a hundred and what, hundred and forty million people, and went taking PlayStation Five out of the equation and. And they sold five to eight million, ten million copies of the of the God of War, you know the the first one. That's only ten million of the hundred and forty million potential. Where on Game Pass potentially they have three billion devices, and they get a hundred hundred and fifty million people to pay ten bucks. Yeah, sure, but they might stay for something else after the fact. When if you if you pay seventy dollars and you you're not going to sell 100 million copies of that game. Just not. You're not going to be the Grand Theft Auto uh, over over the time of eight eight years, right? You got to hit. It's got to be perfect or whatnot. I mean, even Red Dead Redemption couldn't even do what Grand Theft Auto did. So, like, there there's there's a a path where they they come in for the month, and then there's other games there that they might like, and they might stay for the next month and the next month. And if they have a cadence of 48 studios working on games and Starfield came out in May and then, or whatever, September, whatever the hell it comes out, okay, September, October, November, because they once they get their, the ball rolling with all the studios that are working on games, they could potentially drop a first-party title game every month for the next three years with the amount of studios they have, right? Yeah, but at the same time, when you when you look at the cadence of games, like I just wonder because it's like when you're selling a Horizon Forbidden West, and then you're selling a God of War, and then you're selling a Spider Man, and then you're selling DLC, and they also have PS Plus. Like it's not like Sony's doing one without the other. That that again is just to me, it's like they're making a like people get mad they're like well why wouldn't sony do that i'm like look at the sales records like miles morales was at the top of charts for like four months in a row like of course they're they're not gonna put that on a subscription service the thing is the thing is making them money every month like and every copy is selling for you know miles was what 40 or 50 and then their their big titles are selling for 70 dollars i just i don't know i i look at the subscription model and i think if they feel they've plateaued to 10 million users on Game Pass, on you know, and that that's what they're getting, I would think they'd be very interested in getting these getting these uh, these games to sell, to actually be selling large quantities of games, which I think is why they're they're wanting to buy up the property so that they are selling games all over the place. Like, of course, they want to put Call of Duty on the Nintendo Switch, or right. you know, have Diablo. Because then all of a sudden they're making tons of money on Diablo on PC and PlayStation. Real quick, chat. I said three billion because that's what they've said in the past. There's three billion devices that you can play 
uh, Game Pass on. That's that's their goal. Three billion, or it's out there for three billion devices. You can put the numbers of three billion, eight billion people in the world. Devices, right? I didn't say actual players. They've said three billion devices. So potentially you have sales because there's people that would play it on their phone or play it on their, right? I have four devices in front of me right now. Now, obviously, so it's not three billion people. It's three billion devices. Yeah, yeah, and and I and I honestly think that that's part of their that's part of their plan. I've always said that they're a potential sleeping giant because you've you've literally got this massive massive ecosystem that if they unify it and they want to do this mobile storefront and suddenly I can play Diablo 4 everywhere on Game Pass, my TV, my phone, my computer, my Xbox like that that's a that's a massive massive potential funnel of people saying oh that's that's a great deal i want to get in on that especially if you start to blur the line between mobile gaming and xbox ecosystem gaming like i can just open up my phone and hop on wi-fi and play diablo through my browser like what like they make you know they would make everything available via the via the cloud if if that is in fact the plan and I, I think I think that is their plan. I think that that's the plan for their ecosystem, which is kind of what makes me think they're going to become that subscription. They're going to become that funnel of we're everywhere, watch or play on any device, because listen to the language that they're using, right? They're using language of, like, more screens, more places. You know, that's the kind of language to me that signals they're looking beyond just selling games they're looking beyond just getting people to want to play halo they're trying to create an actual they 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 refer to as an ecosystem i think they're trying to create a platform because that's that's the goal is to have people in your platform and then you can't leave you know right it's it's why your cable company always wants you to buy telephone service because if the more services you get with your cable company the harder it is to cancel and you're right. going to have a really hard time walking away from the Xbox ecosystem, walking away from the Xbox platform when they have all these humongous games. And that's, to bring it back, that's that's why live service could be a, a big sticking point because yet that's where your character is. That's where all your stuff is. Right. Well, that's that's why they're making the game. Oh, another game I just thought of from like an hour and two, go, uh, two ago, uh, uh, Grounded. Grounded is another live service game. Right? Yeah. It's, a, it's an open world. Right. So there's like these little games that you come in, a game pass for maybe a starfield but then you all of a sudden you find grounded and then you play grounded and then all of a sudden you find uh, another single player game and then you come and stay for forza horizon right that they like i said they've they've they built their whole property on these different genres to keep you in into game pass so you get it for one month and then all of a sudden you're like oh man right that was a good game oh let me try this other game and then all of a sudden now you incremented your second payment Right, and then all of a sudden you got your third, and you forget to you forget to cancel, right? And they just have this cadence of games, and that's why I'm saying with their once they have Activision, I think it's like 42, right? I think it's like 42 studios total, and it takes three to five years to make a game. Well, in 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 the in the pipeline now, they they have all these studios that are making games or helping make games. So potentially every month they could have a first party title game plus the third party title games coming to Game Pass every single month. They just here's another first party title. Here's another first party title. I mean they're doing it right now. Uh, for the next six months, right? They they have Minecraft Legends coming out. They have uh, uh, Redfall. They have the ESO update. They have you know the, the the car game, right? So every month they're coming out with another first party title, DLC, expansion, whatever. Something is always coming out to keep you on Game Pass. 
What do you think the focus of the of the showcase is? Because Starfield's got their showcase on June, I believe it's eleventh of Sunday. It's after the Xbox showcase. With the, I'm again. I, this, I'm not trying to bash. There's a lot of games that aren't making it. That twelve month image, I, the the list of games that aren't making it is getting longer and longer. Did they say? Did they say longer. that? Because I know that's what they usually say. Are, they, are they sticking with that? The twelve months, everything we see here is within the twelve months. I don't think they're going to do that again because, like that, that 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 image has is has just really really hurt them. I think that idea that like, yeah, over the next twelve months that you know all these games are going to be coming out. I, I just I, I, I gotta wonder because we'll we'll give Stalker Two a pass because of the situation. So I'm not going to hold Stalker Two to anything. We don't have a date for Flintlock, and it's on the image. Arc Two got delayed; it got pushed yeah. back. Like twenty twenty-five, mm-hmm. like right? Do we have a date for, you know, replaced? That's on here. I've not seen a date for replaced. We still don't have a date for Forza Motorsport, Starfield. I'm up to five now. I'm up to five games from the. How many is on here? There's 25 oh. games on here that were supposed to come over the next 12 months. I'm, I'm I'm already taking a fifth of them. Starting oh from last year, you're saying? Yeah, they did they did the June showcase and they said yeah. over the next 12 months these games are coming out, right? And that means by June they'd have to come out. Five of them aren't making it. I don't know about the rest. I don't know about. Um, there's a couple on here I'm not sure about, like Ravenlock, uh, the last case of Benedict Fox. I think that recently got a date, and then Cocoon. I don't even know mm-hmm. about those ones. I mean, that, this is why I don't think they... It, what's the stipulation, right? Is it like major games, AAA games, AA games? Like, I, uh, who knows? I mean, what are they showing at the showcase? I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Starfield. They'll, they'll show Starfield at the showcase. Or actually, is it its own showcase? Starfield it has its at, own showcase after own Xboxes, showcase. yeah. Okay. So... I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think we see Avowed. I think we see uh, Hellblade 2. I think we get a lot of trailers for things that maybe a, maybe a Fable update, you know, type of... Uh, but Fable, if they show something at Fable, we're talking that's not coming out until, like, the last day of, of June of next year. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, right on the tail end if it has to be 12 months. I don't think that's coming out on, on time. Um, what else do they have? I see. I don't even know what they're working on. Um I, I, I do think we get some sort of word of a third console that they're working on with that with that keystone. I do believe that they'll show or you know something of, of that going forward. Maybe it doesn't come out in 12 months, but I think they mention it uh, moving forward. I don't know. I don't know what they do. Maybe maybe they announce third party games for uh, for the Xbox showcase as well. like what's coming to game Pass a third party? Well, because a lot of the games on this image are third party, right? You know, because because Wolong is on here, and and Diablo is on here, Resident Evil Four is on here, right? So there's a lot of these. A lot of these are third party, and somebody's telling me that Benedict Fox is April twenty seventh. Okay, so that one did make it. I was looking forward to that one. I thought that one looked pretty cool. Um, there's also Shadow Legacy, Raven Lock. Oh, Outer World Two. Yeah, there you yeah. go. You know, oh yeah, they could be doing an outer world thing. Yeah, I'm just, I'm really curious if they're going to change their approach this summer because, as far as I can tell, out of the 25 games that were supposed to land in the first half of 2023, it's looking like 60% of them are going to actually make it, maybe 70%. I don't think that's the greatest, 
you know that's the greatest thing to to establish like if i went on this this image and made a bunch of red x's on all the things that aren't going to make it you just have to wonder if they're going to change their approach this year and they're not going to they're not going to do this oh yeah we're targeting you know over the next 12 months or whatever and and you know because paul's saying that it says they're targeting the next 12 months it's not fair to keep avoiding that no at the top of the image it says coming to xbox pc over the next 12 months then down in the five fine print it says all titles all titles targeting to release over the next 12 months that that's not your escape card if you if you put 25 titles on an image and say yeah first half of 2023 and you got websites saying it first half of 2023 you got game pass ultimate commercials first half of 2023 and then you want to be like well there's an asterisk at the bottom that if you get out a magnifying glass it says oh they're targeting with the santa claus yeah yeah, with, (laughs) with all due respect man shut the frick up they put that image up and they told the public these games are coming out over the next 12 months. You want to be like, well, at the bottom, there's an asterisk. It's not really fair to keep avoiding that. It's not fair to use that as an excuse either. I don't, I don't, well, then, I don't, I don't accept that. Well, then if, if, if it is say as 12 months and then at the bottom, it does say targeted 12 months, they should have moved the, the bigger font of targeted 12 months instead of saying 12 months instead putting in the corner and shrinking down the, the, the thing that that's kind of shady, isn't it? I mean, because they, yeah. they want you to sell. They want to sell you on that 12 months. But at the bottom, you know, when you squint and tilt your head and you can see it. And I, I don't know. I'm not even looking at well, the picture. And I'm, but... not even, I'm not even roasting them up. I'm just saying I would think they might want to change their strategy. Because sure. you, know, you don't look that impressive if you're like, yeah, these 25 games will be out in the first half of, let's say, next year. Yeah, first half of 2024, these 25 games are going to come out. Is everybody going to roll their eyes and be like, yeah, sure, sure. Right. You know, there'll be 12 of them that don't make it. You know, I don't, I just, I'm curious if they're going to change their marketing approach because of how this went. Like, that image was their attempt to sort of, okay, guys, like, we're, 2023 is going to be a better year. Yeah. And, and they struggled to make good on it. And I I personally didn't care about that. Like, I, I, I have a stream where I literally said, please just delay Starfield. I would much rather the game be worth it than you feel like you got to honor some weird commitment to a release window. It's okay. Plenty of people delay their games. You can do it again. I, I like to say, I don't like to say delay your game. I like to say finish your game. Because they can delay it six months and it still comes out and it's not finished. I want them to finish their games. When they when they when they say stuff like that now, I'm tired of when when companies say, "Oh yeah, we're we're coming out in six months. We have to delay it six weeks. We have to delay it two more months, four months, whatever." No, just finish your game. Don't tell me the next release date and then it still comes out broken, buggy, and unreleased. Right? I I just want them to finish their game. I'm tired of the wording that they use and. Because people people get pissed off. People take days off. People do this. And I know it's like if you're an entitled gamer or not, but people make plans around because you told me, hey, I'm going to be at your house at 5 o'clock today, Lono. All right? 5 o'clock, I'm going to be at your house. And then I don't show up at 5 o'clock, and I'm like, oh, I'll be there at 5 o'clock tomorrow. And then, you know what I mean? You have to change your plans or do something around. And it's just not fair. It's not fair to tell someone something and then go back on and say, oh, you know what? I'm delaying my arrival till next week. At five o'clock, Lona, I'll be at your house next week at five o'clock, and then again, don't show up, or I come, I show up to your house and I'm drunk, right, or something. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's it, it's just, be respectful. And if you come out and say, hey, these games are coming out in twelve months, then that's what you mean. These are coming out in twelve months. If you don't mean it, 
then don't say it's coming out in 12 months. Say 12 to 18 months uh, targeted are, are, are these games if they're finished is what the fine print should say. Yeah. Right? If they're finished. Yeah, my least favorite trailer is the one where the game looks incredible and then it ends with not, they don't even put the year. It's just, it just yeah, ends yeah. It's like coming, <laughs> coming sooner coming soon, or to be like yeah. 2025 and it's like 2022. I'm like, what in the heck did you do that for? Now I want that game and I'm not going to get it for a really long time. And I, this is, I, I want to go here. This I want to go here. This is a good statement here from uh, Jaffe's Descendant to Madness. Uh, he says, the pressure isn't on them because Game Pass is the ultimate crutch. I don't agree. I actually don't agree. I think this is one of my primary concerns is the goal isn't what Mike just talked about. It's not complete games. It's not good games. No, it's, yep, just, we got to make sure the subscription service gets yep. stuff. It's got to get gotta stuff, feed. baby. Gotta feed it. Just gotta put you just it gotta in keep there. feeding it. Hit those release yep. dates. When that leak came out, and they were like, "Redfall's not ready, and neither is Starfield," but Microsoft wants them to come out. I'm like, I I believe it. I don't have any trouble. I don't have any problem believing that because that's exactly what a commercial level, corporate level decision would look like. We don't care if your game isn't ready. You work for us now, and you're right. feeding you're feeding Game Pass. So you better get this game out the door. I, I'm that's that's another that's another concern about this is that you, you, their main concern is feeding Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, that that's it. That that's the number one thing. Feed feed the beast, and the beast is Game Pass, and the the quality of the games I don't think matters. I mean, not to say there's I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying that all games on Game Pass are crap. I'm I'm enjoying right now. I'm playing MLB The Show, which is a PlayStation game on Game Pass. Right? It's a it's, it's San Diego Studios. Awesome baseball game. I've been playing it for the last three years on Game Pass. I bought it for the first year, and I haven't bought it since because it's basically a roster update, right? But that's basically what it is. But fantastic game. <clears throat> is that a subpar game? No, it's not a subpar game. It's a fantastic game that Sony created, and it's on Game Pass, and that alone is worth the ten bucks a month, right? Yeah, yeah, and I, I, that's all. I think that's always going to be the question is can you get people in with the hook like Starfield? Can you get people in with the hook and the right game? And then can you keep them there? Can you create enough sticky marketing, enough elements to say, I, I, I you know, I can't, I don't want to, I don't want to leave game pass. I don't want to lose game pass. Cause I do think that's the real secret. So Mike, let these folks at home know where they can find you and chat. I, I've got somewhere to send you, so don't go anywhere, but listen to Mike talk. His link is below in the description. If you want to check out his content, so you can find me at 30NSG. Uh, basically, uh, what me and Lona are doing right now, I do that with chat. I, I, I don't have, like, structure as good as Lona where I'm, I'm talking a six-page document and, and then break it down. I watch watch videos. Uh, we have topics. You guys come in and you can talk. That's basically what my my, uh, my show is in the morning. In the evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern. Oh, that's from 10, 10 to 12, uh, Monday through Thursday. And then uh, Monday through uh, Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, we do Let's Plays and stuff. I'm going to be playing uh, a replay of a Jedi Fallen Order because we're getting ready for Jedi Survivor, so I'm going to play that a little bit. We've been playing Hell Let Loose. We've been playing MLB The Show. So if you like these type of games, come on by, have a conversation about gaming topics and whatnot. And then we do a podcast Thursday nights, which we've been off for a month because my brother's computer blew up. So uh, we haven't done the podcast in a month. GXG, Generation Checks Gaming Podcast on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can check it out over on 30NSG as well. Appreciate it. Make sure and do that, guys. Make sure and check out that link below in the description. 30 NSG. He joins me every Friday. And 
We're taking a break from the AI and gaming series that we started. It has three videos right now, and I didn't have a chance to record one for today because I had to do so much preparation for that Sony stream. So do me a favor. Anytime these streams end, loop back to the video and leave a comment. As soon as the stream ends, it's a video and you can leave comments. Do that with the stream this morning, the Sony calling CMA irrational. You can do it with this talk show with Mike. And I'm going to provide you guys with a link in chat. It's the first video in the AI and gaming series. Uh, Check that out. That's the first one. The second one is about... uh, No, I'm sorry. The third one is about difficulty... And the second one is about anti-cheat. So check out that series. Throw it some love and support, comments and likes. Give that thing a whirl. And if you got a membership today, a ton of people got memberships, get in the Discord. There's a buy two, get one free on the coffee right now. We marked the Frickmas down to $12.95. So go to reforgeroast.com or as a member, snag that discount. And members... We'll see you tonight for members only. I don't do members only in the afternoons on Friday because I do it in the evening. So tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, I'll be hanging out with you guys and my wife playing some games, having some laughs and some drinks. So click the link in chat, show the AI and gaming series some love. Or if you're not interested in the AI stuff, loop back on these live streams, leave a nice comment. It helps us out. Thank you so much for the support today. We will see you next time.